Hello and welcome to the Renegade Pop Culture Podcast, the show where we lean in way too close, look deep in your eyes, and whisper. So tell me, detective, what is it you truly desire? And then everybody runs away screaming, which is a shame because Lucifer pulls it off perfectly well. <laughs> anyway, welcome to our reaction show for the DC fandom event that happened yesterday. I am your host, Kyoto, otherwise known as Neoplasmic. Joining me is our captain, Mike. How's it going, guys? We have our director, Josh. Hey. We have Kira, our art director, Crystal. Hello. And we have Organoid Zero himself, Brock. What's happening? I cannot wait to talk about some douchey Captain America. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as you guys probably well know, DC Fandom was yesterday. It was a 24-hour event, but it was more like kind of an eight-hour and change event, and then they just kind of looped it three times. So I spent about eight and a half hours live tweeting things that uh, some of which I was getting a little tired with, which we'll cover later. Um, anyway, guys, I just want to get like your, your general reactions to the event, uh, what you thought. Um, Brock, we'll start with you. Uh, this was miles better than anything that Comic-Con did. <laughs> I think we could all agree with that. Oh, they, yeah. They, they should do like this every time. They, they should never do a Comic-Con panel again. This is one of the coolest ways to do this ever. Like, it was well-organized. Everyone there was having the time of their damn lives. And you could just tell everyone was happy to be a part of projects. Like, I, I miss happiness and stuff like this. James Gunn was a two-year-old child talking about stuff. It was <laughs> so cool. And it's just, like, there was so much... Me and Mike used to, before the world crapped the bed, used to do DC cover of stuff. So we, I'm very happy to be hearing stuff about this because I am a DC kid at heart. There's just so much. And there's so much people that deserve vindication for stuff that thought was going to be garbage and looks to be awesome now that we have context. And oh, I cannot wait. I am vengeance. Let's go. Ah, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all yes. right. suck at pets. It looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. All right, Mike, uh. give us your general thoughts. Uh, general thoughts? Yeah, as a DC as a DC fan, this made me extremely happy. Um, I ne I never thought of a virtual event like this would like would bring the world together, but yeah, that's that's exactly what it did. It's it's kind of cool the like how they really made this like a global event not yeah. not not just because it's digital so you don't have to leave your home but they had hosts from like all over the world yeah that was very cool um in fact one 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 of the panels i'll, I'll just get into this right now that's i i wasn't expecting to love so much was the like the voice of batman panel it, had, yeah. it was hosted by Will Arnett and featured, like, all these different, um, like, dubbing actors from, like, mm -hmm. Spain, France, um, Brazil, Italy. It was, it's th th things like that you don't get when, when you go to, like, a regular Comic-Con. Like, this is yeah. something, this was something truly special. Yeah, that was very cool. I really I enjoyed that, that myself. One, but 
I, I got a little glimpse of it and that was just that was so nice that was so sweet like yeah what 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 a beautiful event i, I, I liked think, all those actors like they were sitting there they were going like oh yes yeah, so we have to get our voice really down low to do batman so it's like just sweet batman <laughs> just sweet batman that one was my favorite yeah stuff like <laughs> that was always it it seemed like when they did this they'll just shut up after this was like they were like you know what would be really cool and then they did it that was like <laughs> some of the stuff they did just like you don't do this because they don't have time they had all the time in the freaking world now <laughs> Somewhere Dan DiDio is sitting there going like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> yes, exactly. People would have loved me. <laughs> All right, Josh and Crystal, what did you guys think? Well, Crystal's coming at it with a very outsider perspective because she was at work through most of the event and oh, yeah. I just bombarded her with all the news and stuff that, that, that happened. And what did you think of everything that you saw? Like... <clears throat> briefly like what do you think well i really just played the role of the mom who's like yes sweetie that's great <laughs> oh come on you were <laughs> but, but as as uh someone who kind of took on that role i thought it was really cool like I, i'm excited and i don't really care about the the dc eu and, and for me like i'll admit i've had a really rough relationship with dc prior to like 20 late 2018 because mm -hmm. the movies are either really hit or really miss in my opinion yeah you have the dizzying highs of wonder woman and then you have stuff like suicide squad which i will still i'm sorry that is that is one that i will never i i don't think i'll be able to re-watch it in large chunks again i used to love that movie I know I'm one of the outliers, but I had no expectations with this fandom, and they skyrocketed almost everything. I think, with the exception of two panels, almost everything was damn near perfect. There was, it's like Brock said, there was just this energy, this enthusiasm with everybody with their projects, seeing, seeing Patty Jenkins just passionately talking with the fans about wonder woman 84 getting to see ezra miller flexing his fa flash fandom i don't mean seeing ezra miller flash fans like that is <laughs> not what i'm talking about ezra's in enough trouble already yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh getting to see warner brothers montreal break away from the arkham shadow and just do their own thing was so cool to see getting to see them yeah, talk yeah. about the multiverse and the head honcho at WB saying, yeah, we're just going to go all in with the multiverse so that way we can allow so many people to just give their own spin on the characters and once in a while they'll connect. That, That's, yeah, that it, was it's, amazing. It's a unique thing to DC also, which is really, really cool. Which, one of you all, which of you guys are fans of John Campia or used to listen to AMC a lot? Do you remember his old motto for Fox that said continuity, schmontinuity? Yes. Mm -hmm. They're basically <laughs> found a way to go, we don't care, and it's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because they don't always have the to multiverse. get it. Yeah. <laughs> if, now if you there's, can have the multiverse. Yeah. If there's two things, like, like I said, I think there's two panels that I think we can agree either had potential but just didn't reach or just felt like mm. 
okay, this is just wasting time a little. The Suicide Squad game, I think the trailer looks fantastic. But after seeing the reveal of Gotham Knights and how they had their cinematic trailer along with gameplay in the trailer, that left yeah, me a, they had a little, gameplay demo. That left me a little bit disappointed with Kill the Su- Kill the Justice League, where it's like, oh, I, I wanted to see gameplay from these guys. Yeah, so soon it's when, coming out in 2022, I think they said. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not quite ready. Yeah. Which that makes sense, but it's still like, man, that would have been so cool. And and the other one is the the game that the Wonder Woman cast were playing, the which, Werewolf '84 thing. I, yeah, I wasn't which, really sure what what even that was. Yeah. I, I tuned out of that one. I was just I was reading my uh, my Daredevil Frank Miller collection that Crystal got me for my birthday. Nice. Waiting for the Batman. There you go. Very nice. Play it for the listeners. <laughs> you either got Frank Miller or you got Mark Wade. Either way, you're good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just say, I love having money. <laughs> <laughs> Disposable income. Yes. I, oh, this, was, this was so much fun. And if DC had... If there actually was a Comic-Con this year and... DC came in with all the stuff that they had yesterday. Oh, they would they would have obliterated everybody. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll say it. I am more excited for DC in the next come in the coming years than Marvel. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing about it though is that we have Marvel has been very quiet during this entire pandemic. Like they haven't really talked about anything. Nothing seems to be moving forward. It seems like, you know, we have Falcon and Winter Soldier is, I guess, still being filmed. I think they're almost done again, I think. <clears throat> yeah, so Marvel has just been very quiet. Like, we don't know what they're doing. Maybe Kevin Feige is just sitting there going like, okay, I'm going to watch this DC fandom thing. And I'm going to tweet under a fake user account and just be like, just be like, wow, that Suicide Squad game sure looks like great stuff. <laughs> Or he's gonna be like, "How can we do this in the future?" Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's already he's got the Avengers game coming out. Well, Marvel, I mean, has the Avengers game coming out, which is also kind of being worked on by WB Montreal, which made me go, "Hmm, yeah." But have some thoughts on. We'll talk about the Marvel's Avengers game when we get to the arcade because that is. We'll talk about Renegade. We'll talk about that in Renegade Arcade, but but um. Gotham Knights sure stole its thunder, let me tell you. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm looking at that game, I'm looking at the visuals, I'm looking at the lighting, the game engine, everything just looks, I mean, apart from some frame rate issues, everything looks way better. It does look Gotham good. Knights. I When I first watched it, I the like something in the video clipped that it was a pre-alpha footage, and I was kind of yeah, like, part of that looks weird. And I'm like, and then someone was like, it's pre-alpha. I'm like, oh, okay, then that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like other than like some costume designs, which like look better in the actual trailer. Like there were some changes to Batgirls where they took her mask off and she looks a lot better. Or like mm-hmm. in that one part, she's only wearing a mask. It looks cool. And oh, they're they gonna an... monetize that for costumes. Oh, they are definitely. Oh, yeah. And for costumes, I don't care. Costumes are fine. Don't make it gameplay stuff. As long as you make it earnable in game, as well. Yep. Like if you go like okay, you can you can. You can pay ahead to get this cosmetic item, or you can just earn it through gameplay. Then I'll be fine with that. Yeah, but I like want a skin that's a, that's monetizable only. 
where you play as as uh, Red Hood, but it's just the skin of Jason Todd's bleeding corpse. I knew it. Just shambling oh, around, bleeding everywhere, <laughs> and charge ridiculous amounts of money. And then people will complain, and it'll be like, "Well, why do you, why do you want that skin so bad to begin with? We're, of course, it's going to be twenty bucks for that skin." You Dude, you know what they should make you do is they should make you like have to call like a one nine hundred number. Yes. <laughs> and then if enough people vote yes, you'll be able to buy the skin. Yes. <laughs> and he's just like zombie Jason walking around. <laughs> The entire time you have John DiMaggio from Under the Red Hood smacking him forehand, backhand. <laughs> oh, God. Why are we laughing at this? Because <laughs> it's funny. Because I'm laughing about it. Before we started, I was talking about how they had cosplay wrestling at um, an event I went to. The yeah. announcers repeatedly, because there was a guy dressed up as Jason Todd, oh, and he was wrestling, and he's like, you know, the only thing more powerful than that power bomb was that crowbar that he got beaten to death with. And he just <laughs> said it like a thousand uh, uh, times, and I laughed every time. Oh, man. That's brilliant right there. Well, I can't oh. hear that without thinking about it and laughing. Oh, man. Oh, man. Speaking of cosplay... I thought it was really sweet that in the DC fandom, like in between panels, they would show like the creators or like the hosts would show off like the cosplay of people around the world. Like that was really sweet. But then I got like non flashbacks to high school, just tiny little tangent. Like I got flashbacks to high school because for Halloween one year, I went as Rorschach and I actually went all out with the mask too. I was already known as the trench coat kid and the fedora kid, so I was just—it was <laughs> inevitable. Need the mask. So but you can tell quite a lot of school shooter jokes. Oh my god! So, oh boy. Oh so I—I I used the mask. I made it out of a sleeve, out of a turtleneck that my folks gave me when I was younger, and it fit around perfectly. So the night before, I got a mad—I got a big sharpie marker, one of those thick ones and did a Rorschach pattern on it, and I let it air out outside for the rest of the night, and the next day, I went to school. People were complimenting my costume as I was shambling around the halls, partially high from the themes of the marker. I wish I had a photo of that. But I wish you did, all man. This, all this is to say the people that did the cosplay in the event, they went all out with their stuff. I'm really happy that they got to see like their that they got like attention from all these creators and actors and all that that was like that must have been amazing for them did and you I'm guys glad see they didn't really kill brain cells for it did you guys see the random tweet that hbo max tweeted out yesterday during the event where there was a random tweet where it said it said but doctor I am HBO max oh i i saw that i saw that and then right under it they responded and they put Good joke. Everybody laugh. Now go watch Watchmen on HBO Max. <laughs> I was just like, dude, A plus. Nice. Kudos. Man, if we would have had video, I would have done, I don't have a full one, but I have the mask and the jacket from Arkham Knight. Oh, dude. Awesome. But, so we did that for one of our review shows, but yeah, that was... That was another cool thing. Again, they don't do stuff like that. They like just showed cosplays and stuff. They didn't need to do that, but they did. Yeah. <sighs> it's it's the little touches like that that um that were really nice. Yeah. They showed like fan art, they showed like tattoos even of people. 
yeah that was cool it was nice it was a fan event you know they really tried to make it feel like it was something that was kind of organic and and happened like you know just just due to the fact that everybody was excited all these dc fans very excited tell me josh was the the marker that you used for the rorschach mask it was, was one it, of those thick sharpie ones was it this, like the same kind of sharpie that i caught in the gas leak scare with yes it was those things are strong I was like coloring uh, some illustrations for a, a children's book that I was writing. And uh, I did it in class. And I think like the class afterwards, we all had to go out because there was a gas leak. And they said that, oh, that later on we, we found out that there was no gas leak. I'm like, oh my God. It, it was, was in me, the same. It was me. <laughs> it was me all along. Because I remember, like afterwards, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, I feel high from 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 smelling it." it was the smell was so strong, and I realized it was me because that it happened. Like they 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 smelled it from the same area that I was in. So, uh, everyone who was there that day, you're welcome for some free periods. <laughs> I. Would have just been like, ha, huh, my evil plan has come to fruition. <laughs> I want to ask some questions about the movies for you guys. Okay. Like, should we, like, go in order of, like, the movies panels that happened? Yeah, oh, let, her, let her cover each one. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, first up, Wonder Woman 84. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think so far? I'm no longer, like, the 2% scared I was about Kirsten Wig. <laughs> Not anymore. And I am a little shocked. I thought that we're going to go with the Injustice 2 style of Cheetah, where she's got somewhat of like tribal clothing and stuff. No, she's just straight up fur nothing on. Wasn't expecting that, but I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it looks cool. I, I, I'm glad Chris Pine's back. I was kind of like, you're going to have to do some explaining. And I'm like, do they really need Chris Pine back? And then they started talking about these like, Parachute pants. Is everybody parachuting? Just a stupid, I love Chris Pine. When he gets to do roles that he can tell he enjoys, he's awesome. So I'm glad he's back. I just need an explanation. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maxwell Lord's got that wishing rock or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. That's well, true. I guess that's what it is, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I have never really doubted uh, Kristen Wiig um yeah because if you, if you go watch any of her like more dramatic roles like in the skeleton twins or welcome to me both of which are still kind of like comedies but um for those films you get to see more of her acting range mm -hmm. um but the tra like the trailer as a whole i i really loved it um me I, too. I think i think um when when like before she transforms into uh, cheetah she she just looks amazing as um as yes Barbara. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so that was kind of fun to see and have like i i think honestly the only reason chris pine is back is because he just loves working with patty jenkins like oh, you, yeah. you, you can tell like even like during the panel that the like these two get along um mm. just incredibly well the whole the whole cast even like they they feel they feel like one happy family i'll i'll say there was like a cute thing and i there was a cute thing between gal and chris and i immediately flash back to that one 
interview that everybody was making fun of where Chris is going on about something that goes on in the movie, in the first movie, and Gal is just staring at Chris, like, unexpectedly longingly, like, she just looks completely entranced with Chris, and there's a point where they had her and Chris in the same screen during the panel, and Chris is again going <laughs> on, and you just, you just see Gal just kind of like, <laughs> there, there's there's something there that I think helps their chemistry. I'm not about to be a tabloid guy, but I'm just saying their chemistry. It's good chemistry. Is, it's they have, yeah. a deep respect. they have a deep respect for each other. I think they really understand yeah. what they're going for. I'm just over here uh, thinking, man, I really want to see Mando play a bad guy. Y- you know yes. what? I'm like, excited for that. The brief look that yes. we get in the trailer is good, too. Like, I... Yeah. It's like a sleazy car salesman. <laughs> Which, as it should be. I'm so <laughs> pissed that this is the audience's first look at Maxwell Lord because I always wanted to use him as a villain in a movie. But God damn it, when it's Pedro Pascal, oh, he he's, he's going to bring that charisma. And I love in the panel too, like one fan asked him like, do you, can you believe like all the popularity that you're getting right now? And he's like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he is one dreamy man. <laughs> that, that he is. He, he <laughs> makes me question things. <laughs> hey, his role in Game of Thrones, that's all I'm oh going to say. Oh my God. It's, it's 2020, we're not here to judge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, aside from when his his skull is being turned into a crushed watermelon. Which we, you know, it's not uncommon in the comics either, so. Like, didn't didn't that happen, something like that? Yeah, when Wonder Woman, uh... Uh, noob cybots him? <laughs> yep. Hey. She did. She did do so, that. There was that one. I think the next movie on the list was, uh, Suicide Squad. Yes. Suicide Squad had me just losing my shit. I, I was like, wow, this I, hey, I can't wait. I can't can wait. Can you this. guys tell that James Gunn was really, really, really excited to be doing a DC movie? I don't know if you know, but it might be the biggest, most fun I, I thing he's tell. ever done. I had zero idea, really. <laughs> Holy crap, was he not holding back? This is the most expensive, fun, phantasmagorious thing I've ever done in my life. Like, oh my gosh, he was nerd now. <laughs> the only uh, missed opportunity that I will say this movie has is there's no Condiment King. If you had put Condiment King in this movie, there's automatic still 100%. There's still time. There's still time. I got a theory that, you know, they, they didn't announce who Taika Waititi's playing. And, you know, Maybe he's Condiment uh, King. Yeah, you know, because that's a big name. If you got him, you flaunt him now. But he used to be Condiment King or Calendar Man. One of the two. Or Calendar Man. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> the, that cast. Oh my God. All those characters. I no. You know who he needs to be? What's his name? Um, the the the. Oh crap! The reporter that gets turned into a like psycho weird oh, guy. Creeper. And, oh, creeper. Yeah. Creeper. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. He would make an excellent creeper. Oh my god. <laughs> and I mean that in the most positive way imaginable. No, after after Harley Quinn, I don't I don't think Taika Waititi should play Kite Man. Yeah. You need someone cool for that. Like the <laughs> rabbit. 
get Brad Pitt to play Kite Man. I yes. want him to play Kite Man and just have his normal Australian, like his normal accent. <laughs> Be like, and just do it like he does Korg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, Let's get mine, mate. I'm Kite Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. can you can you just can we accept that we basically have a Finding Nemo version of King Shark? Like, hello, <laughs> I love it so much. That little, that little wave. I, I was so happy that he looks so the way he shark. does because it took me a second. Like, what did they just lift a? Did they just like Photoshop the hell out of a still from Harley Quinn? No, that's oh my god. King Shark was like the winner of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. King Shark and freaking what's his name? Um, oh, douchey Captain Diesel? America. I can't think of his name. Oh, no. no, Peacemaker. 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 I was like, okay, John Cena. I'm like, the second he was attached, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell are you doing with him? And then when John Cena's like, all right, douchey Captain America, you got it. You know who's the best you person to play a douchey Captain America? John, John Cena. Cena. Yes. <laughs> but it's like Weasel. That was just like, my brother can only play rodents. That's all he can do, and he's going to be happy to do it. The he freaking, looks as bad as you should look. Dude, like I, <laughs> the freaking Gilmore Girls Twitter account tweeted out something when what? Sean Gunn oh got God. that was announced as Weasel. It <laughs> tweeted out, "Oh my God, look at Kirk's new role." <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I was like, I retweeted that. What was the one that you showed me? Like, ah, another example of uh, celebrities falling on... Falling on hard times, and it shows a picture of Rocket (laughs) Raccoon, and then a picture of... (laughs) And then a picture of Weasel. Man, the the quarantine hit him hard. Oh, boy. But even, even just looking past that, just the way it all looks and the way they're selling it, oh, my God, that first look... The, the the energy, the vibes, the the location, the scope. It looks so fun. So fun. And just getting to see, I was sold on the movie. I was already sold just seeing James Gunn's enthusiasm, but I was sold hard. And it would be hard for me to be scared of it. When they showed in the tr- in the little behind the scenes look, that shot of polka dot man yes. with his yes. arms up like that in slow yes. motion and yes. the polka dots are flinging out in the air yes oh my was- god the part that it- sold me was when blood sport um the peacemaker and whoever else flipped through that tent and you see the shot of them i'm like that's the stupidest looking thing i've ever seen <laughs> I, I love this it looks so corny and comic booky i'm like that's because it's james gunn he does not care he, he wants care. it to look like what it should look like. And you couldn't have got a better person. Yes. Oh. Made, me, made me think of those, uh, those, the, those behind-the-scenes uh, photos that leaked like a few months ago. They're like, like at around the time of quarantine, or like way before quarantine, I think. And they showed Pete Davidson and Nathan Fillion and Javelin. I don't know his name off the oh, top flu, of my head. Flu-Borg. Flu-Borg. Yeah. Flu, him i'm just calling him chapel <laughs> but like they showed them in bright things and people were like man we lost the grittiness of suicide squad for this it looks like a cartoon and i just thought guys it's james gunn wait until you see it you're gonna love it because i remember people said the same thing about guardians of the galaxy when they saw like behind the scene photos of michael rooker in a field in blue and they're like what the hell is this 
by the by the way, Michael Rooker as uh, Savant, yeah, Savant looks ridiculous, but he in does. a good way. But who's Savant? I need to know. Savant is a character from like Gail Simone's run on Birds of Prey, I believe. And he, uh, I don't know his power set. I have to actually look that up. But like, I know that he was one of the main villains during her run on the on the book, which yeah, I loved I, personally. I saw, I saw Gail Simone tweeting about yes about this. And she was so excited. I'm glad yeah. she's gonna get some money from that. She has to did. be a happy woman very much lately with everything going on. <laughs> to get Har- Harley, even just the big people that are coming back, Harley Quinn looks awesome. Dude. Yeah, it, it looks it looks like she has like a um, a costume that's like inspired by Deadshot. Like yeah, yeah. I, like, I I found I found that pretty interesting. Yeah, and just seeing Margot Robbie back um, is oh. just something that makes me very happy. And, and just springboarding off again, just like what Brock said before, like I noticed especially on that panel, all the returning actors from the original Suicide Squad movie, they had the biggest smiles out of everybody. Everybody else was pretty excited. John Cena was John Cena. Nathan Fillion was doing his thing, you know, things like that. But Joel Kinnaman, uh, uh, Viola Davis, Viola Davis. Uh, Margot Robbie, Guy even Courtney. Guy Courtney, they just yeah. looked so unbelievably happy and excited. They just looked like they were having the most fun. By the way, Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang is perfection. Like, I am not a huge like I'm not a huge fan of his when he's placed as like the the lead, you know, like almost like a romantic hero or action hero guy. I'm not a big fan of his when he's placed in that role, but when he's playing Captain Boomerang, <laughs> dude's like he's on his A game. It's my favorite role of his ever by a yes. country mile. Same. Yes. Like when he like when he when he gets to when he gets to speak in his native tongue, that's yeah. That's when I think he gives a much more a much more passionate performance. Yeah, and just the fact that we're gonna get him speaking James Gunn dialogue. Yeah. Oh I'm my so god! I'm so pumped for that. Yeah, and you gotta admit, but you said about the actors being excited. That was one of the films that was kind of in limbo, where they're kind of like. Mm-hmm. critics hated it but it made a lot of money so we don't know what's going to go on if we're going to get to do it again and all of a sudden they're like you're going to get to do it again and James Gunn's going to direct you all them had to been flipping tables calling their relatives yes <laughs> we still get to do these roles <laughs> I just wish Will Smith could be here for this me too it, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a shame he had, he had to miss this one yeah and how about James Gunn's like his call out to like John Ostrander and like the comics and the history of the comics and everything, like he he knows his stuff. Damn right. And yeah, the only is... thing that could make me happier is if he puts a band together from his cast and like does another music video, like he did for Guardians oh, of the Galaxy please. Two. Yeah, I would love that, but make it something, like '70s rock, something like a CCR style banger. <laughs> okay, here's the thing about Savant, since we were specifically asking about him. So it was create, created by Gail Simone and Ed Benes. And um, sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name. Um, so Savant is Brian Durlin, better known as Savant, is the spoiled heir to an enormous fortune. Savant had moved to Gotham City to become a self-styled vigilante. However, after Batman discouraged his, invol- his involvement in vigilantism because of his lack of care to protect others, 
He turned his own formidable computer skills into a profitable blackmailing business. So he later kidnaps Black Canary in hopes to get the real identity of Batman from Oracle. However, soon defeated by her team, Oracle then made the decision to attempt to rehabilitate him, mainly in order to keep his data files on hundreds of real villains. Like his namesake, he is a genius. However, due to a chemical imbalance, he exhibits a nonlinear memory and seems to be quite forgetful. Whoa. Oh my God, I can, I can already imagine Michael Rooker killing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can kill it. already see it. Yep. So like James Gunn likes to get the actor and then be like, you work well for that. Yeah. And Idris Elba as Bloodsport. Um, just like, look at this cast, man. Peter Capaldi as the thinker. I have a friend who's a major Whovian, and I know if he if he ever saw the trailer or the lineup, he's seeing that and just going, all right, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Alice Braga, even though I'm not familiar with her character, like she's a really good actress, so she's going to nail that. And she gets to play Dr. Cecilia Reyes, Reyes on, uh, on New Mutants. So that's pretty awesome. She's okay, so he got to ask about Savant. I have to ask, did anyone before this movie know who the hell Javelin was? Because I didn't. I did not. I'm, yeah, me neither. Vaguely familiar with that name. Like, I feel like I've seen it. But, yeah. I, okay. Nope. All right. There's some of these that I don't even know. But, like, I, I hope they do a better job with the thinker in this than they did in The Flash. I... Oh my God! Uh, I forgot he was a big was guy in the Flash. Yeah, that he was that was uh, the season four. Uh, yeah, big that Bad. Was, that, that was, was when they finally went. We shouldn't do speedsters anymore. <laughs> I actually liked season four, but that that's beside the point. Uh, I'm okay, so pissed that nobody thought of the Tinker for his his wife's character because she was a bad guy too. Yeah, all the all the tech for him. Yep, the tinker. Yep. And nobody thought of th- calling the her the tinker. And the tinker. No, his name is the thinker. I think it's because the tinker is a Marvel character. The the tinkerer <laughs> is the, the character that made all of the weapons in the original. Uh, no, I can't even think of it. Uh, Homecoming. Mm-hmm. He's the dude's the guy that made the gravity yeah. guns and stuff for uh, Michael Keaton and all that. Kind of looks like. Oh him. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Spe- still, speaking of Michael Keaton, um, when there's Black Cat and Catwoman. Oh wait, one more thing. One more thing before we move off Suicide Squad. Um, so there's an actress named Mei Ling Ying, and she's playing Mongal or Mongol. Mongol. Oh yeah. And is that a- she? Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Was no, it? I was gonna ask. Is that like meant to be like Mongo or like what? Or it's like Mongol, I'm- I think. But she like took over the title or something. Like maybe she defeats him. Okay, because that or I was maybe curious she's about his daughter. That. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. Like, uh, like I said, these are deep cut DC characters. So, um, but like, she was apparently a stunt woman, and she was one of the Amazons in Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman. Cool. So, oh. or she's like a martial artist or something like that. But yeah, but she's getting her her break here, which is awesome. Nice. And I gotta say, like, yeah, like you guys were saying about the original cast. Like, first of all, Harley Quinn just looks amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like. That is how you do a Harley Quinn costume. Mm-hmm. Seriously, guys. Like you don't you don't have to sexualize her. She's sexy enough. Yeah. You don't have to sexualize her anymore. So like she's Margot Robbie for God's sake. But like you know, just the the fact that they got the red and black, which matches Renegade pop culture's color scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fact that they got. Yeah, I mean it just she looks amazing in the movie. Jai Courtney is going to do great. 
Joel Kinnaman is going to do great. Viola Davis. The fact that he introduced the original cast first, except for Margot, because he kept her, you know, towards the end. But the fact that he introduced the original cast, like Viola Davis and Joel Kinnaman first, was just, it spoke to me as someone who actually has an affinity for the first Suicide Squad and really actually kind of enjoys it. You know, don't at me. Um, it's just, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see. So anyway, okay, moving on. Um, before, before we move on, there's, there's a panel we haven't talked about yet. There's actually a couple. Um, okay. One, one of them is the Multiverse 101 panel. Nice. Um, in, which, uh, in which Tiffany Smith hosted, and she, talked, she got to talk with Jim Lee, Walter Hamada, and Greg Berlanti all about um, Warner Brothers and DC's plan for the mm -hmm. multiverse. Nice and to see Tiffany Smith back. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She, liked our, she liked our tweet, too. She liked um, my, my tweet for under Renegade Pop Culture, which was nice. So Aww. she actually responded. Yeah, Tiff, Tiffany's awesome. Yeah, she's very cool. Um, but one thing I liked about this panel is that um, – we we got we got like kind of the best explanation for the multiverse, yeah. Which which is, which is essentially, this is just our license to tell great stories. Period. Yeah. yeah. If we want to do an Elseworlds film like the Joker, let's do an Elseworlds film. If we want to do, exactly. you know, <clears throat> if we want to continue the DCEU, we can. And if we want to go separate ways, that's fine too. And the TV universe is kind of in there too because you have the two flashes meeting, so that's nice. And they don't have the death strokes over here, so you can't use them. Stupid oh, I crap hated anymore. that. Ugh. I hated that so much. Like seriously, you can't have two Amanda Wallers. Like, like, yeah, I'm so glad that's not a thing anymore. They probably won't have Batman ever on TV, but hey, no. everybody else. Yeah, maybe that, he'll be in that Gotham show. That Gotham Central show or whatever. I'm hoping it's Probably. Gotham Central. I, oh, yeah, the one I'm based sure, on the I'm movie. Awesome. I'm sure he'll make like a few appearances. But yeah, yeah that's that's something that Walter Hamada said. Like, um, he basically said like, yeah, the thing we didn't the thing we didn't like about that um, like that rule is that oh, we you, you can't use this character on TV because we're about to use him for the films. And then he says, well, yeah, but what what if what if that film isn't for like another three or four years and then it never exactly. actually yeah by the way stories. how how good was it to see walter hamada take an active role and actually engage with the fans i this I, thing? I love that he's becoming more of a of a face of the company yeah like walter hamada is out there on the front lines like communicating to us which is very very nice and that's something that we haven't gotten before like kevin feige does that a lot at marvel so why not have Walter Hamada do that? Hamada's out here. Yo, Joaquin Phoenix, I see you. Hey, Christina Hodson. Yeah, you're doing great on Birds of Prey. Hey, guys, let's have flashpoints. <laughs> He's like, yo, check out this gray streak in my hair. <laughs> oh, man. It, 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 it just... really comes across as him saying, we value the art first and the audience will always come to anything that we do. And it didn't come across as arrogant in that sense. It just came across as we just want people to help to tell the best stories that they want to. Yeah. And I love that we live in a point where next year or in the next two years, we're going to have 
three Batman simultaneously. Yep. Yep. How awesome is that? And I will be so okay with it. <laughs> I, now I want the next Batman Pen- Beyond movie so much more. And we have a better opportunity to get it now. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and you better have either uh, Ke- uh, Kevin Conroy or Michael Keaton being old Bruce Wayne. Yes, please. <laughs> only two options. Uh, so the so the next panel um, was the in, like introduction of the Flash, where they showed off some some pretty awesome concept art of uh, Barry Allen in the new suit next to Michael Keaton. Yes, I saw that. Oh my god! I almost was like I almost didn't see the Michael Keaton Batman. I, I almost just saw Batman, you know, and I was just yeah, like, no, it, it like. There's there's enough of like the silhouette that you that yeah. looks like Keaton, but even even but, when I saw the picture, I'm like, that's just Batman. It's <laughs> the yellow bat symbol. You can kind of make yeah. it. Yeah, I can tell by I can tell by the head, the yeah, immobile neck. Michael Keaton's like, you ain't putting me in that no more. That that was the kid in me coming out, and the fact that they say that his new suit was created by his mentor, Batman. And mm-hmm. they know that as they're playing Danny Elfman's Batman, I was just, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. This, this convention brought out the kid in me, and we're still, we're still at the small stuff. We still haven't gotten until later on. And by the yeah. way, before we move on, I do want to mention Greg Berlanti because, like, that guy is like a super producer of all the stuff that we see on TV, all the all the DC stuff that we have on TV. Does that so. guy sleep? Because he's, I was I just about know. to say, he's, na- allergic. Name, he's allergic to it. His name is on, bar- barring a few a few things, like his name is on everything. Dude's yeah. come a long way from Dawson's Creek. Yeah, that he has. Say the best work that he's done in helping bring something to life is still Doom Patrol. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I need to get on the second season. Seeing Greg Berlanti on that panel was like, ah, oh, fuck, I need to see Doom Patrol again. Doom I still Patrol? haven't finished the first season, too. Doom Patrol is so good. I haven't you know, seen it yet. You know what Greg Berlanti needs to bring back and save? Get us a second season of Swamp Thing. Yeah. He Well, please. I don't think he was involved in Swamp Thing. That's, that's like James Wan and Gary Doberman, but but he can help still, it, I hope. I hope. Still. So, why cancel it after putting up the first episode, man? I'm, I'm just going to say, Kiona, of all people, Doom Patrol is definitely up your alley. Yes. Of course. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> I've, well, I've heard things, so. But I, I still have to catch up on, like, Flash, and I still have to catch up on a whole bunch of things that I haven't watched, so. Unlike John Campia, I will be watching the Superman and Lois show. I can't <laughs> yeah, believe that's a same. thing. <laughs> that is unreal. They're, they have like 19 shows in that freaking universe. Now. I will be watching that show, man, because that I, I like that version of Superman. Like he's, Tyler does awesome. Yeah. yeah. Who also voiced the uh the the guy in Final Fantasy VII Remake. We can't go a podcast without me mentioning it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a rule. Bring also, down the counter. We got Final Fantasy VII Remake reference. Why? Here's why. Um, so, well, yeah, he voiced uh, Sephiroth. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler, what is it? Hulkland? Hulkland. Wow. And who voiced him originally? The, uh, oh, 
George Come Newbert. On. No, I mean Sephiroth originally. I mean <laughs> in, the, in, in the uh, Advent Children or what? No, not yeah, Advent Yeah, that was Children. George Newbern. What, what, uh, there was a version of him that was voiced by the Backstreet Boy, though. What was the, that version of it? Oh, Joey Fatone? No. Uh, Wait, what? The, the, the second biggest one. Hold on. I'm not on crack the about this. <laughs> the other <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. Sephiroth voice actors. Let's look this up. I love how. I, not I love just, how... and it's not just, it, it's either Backstreet Boys or InSync. Like it's InSync and it's Lance Bass. Lance Bass, thank you. Lance oh, Bass. <laughs> Wow, that's like yeah. He he, vo- he voiced him in uh, Kingdom Hearts. In Kingdom Hearts, that's what it was. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I'll take my Newburn and Hoaglin, thank you. Yeah, same here. And I say that as somebody that played Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Someone told me that. I'm like, no, you're wrong. You had a stroke. No, he didn't. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, I would just be like, no more. <laughs> how how okay. weird is that though? That Sephiroth was voiced by two like, two Supermen. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like we gotta oh, wash away the bass. Get him out. I, I love how like I was watching this Justice League video about the cartoon, and they were talking about George Newbern, and the guy, the the host of the show, was like, was like, yeah, and he was that guy in Father of the Bride, and he's like, those movies are good. Don't at me. You know, I'm just like, I'm just like, damn right, those movies are good, man. Those movies are the shit. Speaking of the Justice League cartoon, that has my favorite speech by Superman ever. The living yes. in a world of cardboard when yes. he's beating the snot out of Darkseid. You yes. will never get a better dialogue from Superman. Come at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got a different problem. Boom! Ah! <laughs> I yes, love so that. Good. I love it when they, they gave George Newbern something to actually play. Yes. Then he did a really good, uh, great job. Superman. Spe- speaking of DC animated uh, things, there, there was a... Um, there was a panel or a, like a little short that I wasn't expecting. It was um, it was Kevin Conroy and Will Friedel <laughs> doing like a, I, what I can only describe as a riff tracks yes. on uh, Batman sixty six. A roast. Yeah, I, I called it Mystery Bat Theater three thousand. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my god, I I love that segment. I love it so much. I met Will Will Friedel by the way at uh, Will Friedel at um at comic-con last year nice oh, nice. Yeah, right before i moved awesome cool guy very cool guy he was very busy though he had to like go and take pictures and stuff so he was like in a rush but he was cool I was speaking a little... of meeting kevin conroy is the most civilian person ever literally almost walked in with him to comic-con to his table and he walked out just acting like he wasn't a big person just hold this bag just what? walking away he does not <laughs> care he is he is the most i'm not special person ever <laughs> I love Did you s- everybody who's like interested should go watch his his um podcast interview with Michael Rosenbaum, the inside of you with Kevin <laughs> yes. Conway. That is a great thing to watch. It's so awesome. And he yeah. talks about a lot of really deep stuff too. Like Kevin Conroy's an awesome dude, seriously. Who doesn't want to be inside Batman? I mean that <laughs> uh, I, I will say apparently on the does Batman Beyond short film. I was a little bit disappointed initially because they hyped it up with this cool, like, short video that I remember seeing on Twitter that made it look almost like Spider Verse style. Like it was uh, this, oh uh, cool yeah, with like with like the, the the red bat symbol and the cape flowing. And I was like, oh man, we're gonna get to see something like that. And then as it started playing, I was like, oh man, 
Maybe they're judging. Maybe they're trying to see like, okay, are people going to, you know, people that haven't bought this stuff, are they going to go and look it up and see like what the fan interest is? Maybe they're doing that. But as it went on, I started laughing my ass off. (laughs) My my favorite line was, uh, I think it was like, uh, now nah, you're gonna be stuck here with that clam of doom, and then you just hear Terry go, "Wait, hold up, that's a clam." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wrote my my favorite line. I I tweeted it out. What was it? What was it? Hold on, let me see if I can find it. Oh my god, it's so. Oh, and then at the very end, when he roasts Bruce about the eyebrows being painted on. On the couch, <laughs> <laughs> your, your your eyes are expressive enough as it. <laughs> and he looks at his dog. He's like, not a word. <laughs> their, their their comedic timing was just impeccable. Oh, it, it just goes back to how they were in Batman Beyond. He's like, how'd you know it wasn't you? Because that's he's like when he's talking to his head. He called me Bruce. I don't call myself that. What do you call yourself? And he just looks at him. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> they were so good together. Let me tell you about a woman named Selena Kyle. <laughs> oh, yes. Man. I love that whole, like, doomed romance between Terry and Ten. Yes. So Yeah, good. that and was one he, of my favorite things. Even their one-off episode in the Justice League. He's like, yeah, he's like, you know, you got to change your attitude. He's like, no, I get that from my old man. I'm just like, oh, I'm crying. <laughs> oh man did you find the the, your favorite line Uh, i'm still i'm still looking oh my god we can keep on riffing if you need (laughs) if i find it i'll say it all right what was the the next thing i think was aquaman um yeah um that that one was a little a little bit later but yeah aquaman (laughs) had a short little little 10 minute panel with just James Wan and Patrick Wilson. Interesting Ooh. interesting how um how Jason Momoa, Momoa was absent from absent. this. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's working on something. I don't know. Scheduling. Yeah he like they mentioned Aquaman. Like I, I did, but it was just I missed it. That that was one of the oh. few panels that I, I missed completely because that was around the time we went to go get some food. Oh. And as far as I understand, there really wasn't a lot there, right? It was just no. Wild. They basically confirm confirm Patrick Wilson's coming back, and that's about it. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Yeah, they they, they confirmed that um, Patrick Wilson's coming back. The sequel is apparently going to be more serious and more relevant, which I guess that makes sense. You know, the sequel is always the darker one. Can Patrick Wilson just just do his big yell again, where he was just like? <laughs> Atlantis! Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Attack. There, there was a video that we saw from Cosmonaut Variety Hour where he's got a series of the worst superhero movies ever. And it's been a running joke ever since Aquaman came out that he, he, he hates the movie. And throughout the video, he goes from hating the movie to giving it a lot of credit. And the whole movie, he's like fighting the fact that he likes the movie. <laughs> and he's fighting the very end he's loving oh God, that that's funny. but um <laughs> in one of them he's like you know and then patrick wilson says the funniest line in the whole movie and it's that bit where it's pushing in on him as he's got the thing he's like call me ocean master <laughs> and yeah. i like to like even get a motive on the, <laughs> the master uh, 
It was made out of metal. That was one of my favorite things that they did in the whole entire my, movie. My favorite thing. Dramatic push in. Ocean Master. Oh yeah, and he, he even roasted the, the, the guy that played young Aquaman as a teen training with Willem Dafoe fish. I don't remember Willem Dafoe's character. What was his name? Start with I think a it was K? like um Volka or something like that. Something like that. And you know, he's explaining like, Oh yeah, your mom, you know, she did the best that he could and it cuts to that. I'm sorry, I this kid this guy's probably a good actor in other things, but he just said that line terribly. He looks at the camera, he's like Volko. Volko, thank you. Her? Volko. <laughs> I, I usually just call him Lieutenant Man Bun. And then Aquaman's uh, power stand. Power stand. <laughs> 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 there's a shot of him like talking with the with two other people. It's, it's exposition. And <laughs> Jason Momoa just has this almighty power stance where it, <laughs> his legs are his practically legs are, on the other side of the room his <laughs> legs are like five feet apart nice. <laughs> and he's just got his hands in his pocket nice. that, that that see saying all that about aquaman has me a little bit concerned kind of for the sequel because i don't want it to get serious i, I don't want to get too serious like for me aquaman was probably a perfect movie that you could do with the character. There, like, there is, there, there's a certain amount of goofiness that you would expect with Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'd say they captured in spades in the first movie. Oh yeah. You can, you can do like the, um, like you can do the goofy, like the goofiness of, of the character, while while still maintaining like a serious tone throughout the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. You just have to find that that right balance, and like, I have I have confidence that James Wan can can pull that off. I think that the, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. I really hope that they don't make this Thor: The Dark World because that's where I'm scared it's going to go. That that's okay, that's the worst case scenario, but I don't think it's going to get that bad. That had problems beside it being serious. Sure. It you wasn't know, bad because it was serious. It was bad because it was bad. <laughs> I, think, I think Aquaman 2, and best yes. case scenario, is probably going to be like what Taika Waititi is going to do with Thor, Love, and War, mm-hmm. where now you have the director taking an even bigger charge in the creative process, and they're going to go full out and make it a little bit more serious. Like, I see some people talking about making it like a King Arthur kind of story. And you know what? That'd be cool. If it's, yeah. I'd be cool with something yeah. like that. Can we please yeah. cut off his hand and replace it with a hook ah, like ah, Peter David yes. did? Ah. Because I would be for that. I would be so for that. Momoa's already teams. got it, man. He's He's got the Peter David Aquaman thing down. Man, I just wanted Volko to do some freaking. Uh, <laughs> I, I I wanted him to do some of the overdramatic Boondock Saints freaking <laughs> just stupid flailing when he's trying to train him. I wanted to wait it. I'm like, you have to do Volko do something weird. This is one of those most straight roles. I just wanted something weird. Dude, like, I got this image of freaking Volko. Now just going full on boondock saints explaining like a war to 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 Arthur and and uh, that that one girl and just being like then the ocean was Armageddon 
there was a splash yes. <laughs> then you gotta be something like ocean master's getting donuts what do you guys want or like he's the lighthouse keeper from the lighthouse oh no that i don't want red net to strike you dead Arthur. oh my god oh boy anyways moving on Oh, I found that I found the line from the uh, the Batman Beyond thing. Okay. So my favorite thing was when they like they showed like you know like the Joker basically throws a net over them. You know, Robin does that whole thing, and then like Terry goes and he says, he says, "Wow, the the women's volleyball team must be very upset that they're missing their net." And then like <laughs> that that was a good line. And old man Bruce comes back and he goes, he goes, "Actually, I don't know what's more disconcerting, his trap or the fact that they can't get out of it." <laughs> that reminds me of the when Bruce, but in the animated series when Batman and Robin come through the sea, the the light in the roof. I don't know. I don't know what's more concerning: the fact you can, or uh it was the line about if you are allergic to using the front door, or you just like the feeling of glass in your shorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh. <laughs> I think next up is the one that everybody was excited for, or at least was curious about in some way, which was the Snyder Cut trailer. Oh yeah, let's let's talk about the Snyder let's Cut. Let's talk about the Snyder Cut. We you know what? I want to give. Go ahead. I want to give a quick shout out to a co-host that couldn't make it to this today, mm-hmm. Wendell and Jay Stone. I mention her all the time on my pod on this podcast. My YouTube sister. She was going to join us for this. She couldn't. Let's all pour one out for her. We're we're we miss you, Gwen. <laughs> and I'll say this: if for nothing else, the the Snyder Cut panel was probably a Snyder fan's dream come true. I remember she finally got to watch it, and when she did, she basically told me she was crying the whole time. She was like, "This <laughs> is it. This is everything we were waiting for." And yeah, there was. You a- know what? Yeah, it was it was magical in a sense. It was. Mm-hmm. It, it's cool to see a director actually get to to complete his vision, which I think is the most positive thing to come out of this is the fact that we're seeing the director's cut of Justice League, which is something to be celebrated and something to be like put forth as as a very good thing. Um, Especially for so, Zach for what he went through. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Um, I, I think, and I've always said this, I, I have been, like I said on Twitter yesterday, I, I said, look, if this gets us some heat, it's going to get us some heat. I have been a, a staunch defender of Joss Whedon and a big fan of his. And I liked the theatrical cut of Justice League for what it was. Um, and I went to see it multiple times, and I did enjoy it for what it was. Now, that being said, did I think it was a, a fantastic Justice League film? No. It was definitely not. It was, um, it was rushed. Um, you could tell from like the art direction. You could tell from the CG that it was clearly not... Like, they should have delayed it. They should not have released it. Um, I wish... In hindsight, I wish that they had given Zach the chance to just recover and come back to it and complete his vision. Um, the fact that the the higher ups, you know, Jeff Johns, John Berg, whoever, 
they hired somebody from the the distinguished competition to to finish their what they thought was going to be their version of the film and to sort of and to quote unquote course correct what they had seen as weaknesses um i feel like i feel like that was a mistake I feel like what they should have done was just let it form itself, you know, or, or let it, let Zach basically have some time off, come back to it. You know, uh, Henry Cavill won't be busy doing, you know, filming Mission Impossible 5 with a mustache. Yeah. Seriously, guys. I mean, like, you couldn't have taken some time to, yeah. to just give Zach some time and to let him come back, finish his grand vision, which, you know, that's what they should have done, honestly. And I say that as somebody who is a fan of Joss Whedon. And with the the alleged, you know, things that, that now that like Ray Fisher has come out with and like and Gal Gadot and like, you know, I, I don't really doubt that there was friction on set, at least friction. Because when you're in that situation and you're under a time constraint and like you're not even you're you're trying to do your version of somebody else's work, it's like it's not good. It's not a good situation to be in. So, you know, in a sense, I, I, I never was a hashtag release the Snyder Cut person, but I know people who are. And as far as I'm concerned, I agree with them. I think that he should be allowed to finish his, his vision and he should be allowed to bring it forth to the people. And this trailer got me really excited to see it. And I'm saying that as somebody who is a Whedon fan and a fan of Snyder's version of Watchmen and, you know, somebody who even liked the DCEU, you know, like I can see the good parts of the DCEU. Um, so to me, it, it's not an either or, it's a both and to me. Um, and I hope that the, the investigation, I hope that it runs its course and that justice is done. Because we're talking about the Justice League, so justice should be done. <laughs> Absolutely. There's good stuff about that theoretical. I don't know what's who's and who's what's, but, like, I'm probably going to get shit for saying this. In my opinion, in the last 10 minutes of that film, you have the best Superman committed to anything. Mm. Whatsoever. Um, I've never felt a more Superman line in my life come out of any Superman other than when he's done having the race with the Flash to save that Russian family and he comes back in and goes, this guy's still bothering you and he just comes and starts pounding the shit out of Steppenwolf. I'm like, that's a so Superman moment. He was just, it was great. I loved it. It was cool. Yeah. And then the interactions between him and Bruce at the end, he's like, so how'd you get the house back from the bank? I bought the bank. Like, there's there's really good moments in that movie. Like, yeah. and the, the chance to see, like, one whole version, because I didn't like, I wasn't a person that was, like, either or, I didn't hate it or love it. I was very in the middle. You can mm -hmm. tell parts where things were kind of, like, that was jabbed in by one or that was jabbed in, like, the other. You could tell where there was tone misfits. I'm excited to see a singular vision, yeah. no matter who it was from. I'm just... I'm excited to yes. see one person's version of it, not a yeah. Frankenstein. But I gotta say, like they 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 pulled out the right things of that movie, man. They got Dark Side, they got the Sod, they got oh. the Joker card, they got like black suit Superman. I mean, like seriously, th this this the Snyder cut looks freaking awesome, man. Like <laughs> I like the alone. tone of it. Yeah, Dark Side alone. I mean, it's just like I like the tone of it, and I didn't really expect to. 
I, I was thinking that I'm going to go into this and just be like, okay, so it's a Snyder Cut. It exists. That's good. And instead, I came out here and I was just like, wow, I really want to see this. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, the one thing I don't like about the trailer, like the, yeah. the footage all looks amazing. I, like, like, you guys, you. like you guys said, um, I, I'm just so happy that Zack Snyder gets to see this, his vision through to the end. Um, the aspect ratio is a little bit weird. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why yeah, this uh, is in um, four point three. Yeah, that was weird. Instead of sixteen point nine. Um, the the other thing, I'm, I don't I don't know if this is like an unpopular opinion, well, or maybe it isn't. I don't know how I feel about the use of um, the use of Hallelujah in the trailer. <laughs> it is the most Zack Snyder thing on the planet. I will give them that, but that was... Oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah. It, is, it is totally <laughs> it really Zack is. Snyder thing, but um, the the problem with it is he's, he's used that that song in Watchmen. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and if you know the, if you know the scene um, that he, <laughs> in which he, he uh, <laughs> drops a song you won't like you you will unintentionally laugh at oh its God, use here yeah, yeah. it was the broken hallelujah apparently i looked into it like aka i accidentally stumbled upon it on twitter and apparently Zack snyder used that song because like for the trailer because apparently it was going to be like apparently it was uh his daughter's like one of her favorite songs and oh. it was like her well, way. Okay. It was like her See, that, way. That, that makes her. more sense. Yeah, because, that does. Because you know why Zack Snyder dropped out, like at least left uh, Justice League initially, right? No, I don't. It's because his daughter uh, committed suicide. Oh, and he was really shit. reeling with it and mm -hmm. everything happened. So that was his way of honoring her through the, the release of the Snyder cut, like kind of coming full circle. Oh. Yeah. So okay, that completely changes the that tone. changes the tone in a big way, and I, I kind of love it. But at the same time, the use of the song also comes across in three ways. For me, it comes across as okay, that's touching. The man's clearly doing this to just honor. move past everything, honor his daughter, and say, "I've, I've taken my time. I'm coming back into it the way I want to." The other way it can be read is, "Oh my God." You use that in a sex scene. Why is why am I thinking of Silk Spectre and Owl Man doing it over the sea over the city right now? And then the third way, which I can completely understand all three, honestly, even if I lean more towards the first one. The third way can be this sounds incredibly egotistical on some level. Hallelujah. Yeah. The God of the Justice League is back. Praise me, I'm finally here, bitches. And on some way, in some ways, it, it can also be read as a power move in that respect, where it's like, yeah, this is my version. This is the only one that matters. And it can come across as either way for people. And I can understand why people have a negative reaction to hearing it also. I'm more in the former one after hearing that backstory. But yeah, the Justice League looks good. Yeah. The the thing that that's really worrying to me, I showed it to my father-in-law who is completely removed from the Snyder cut movement, like completely removed from everything and I wanted to see 
okay, what is he going to say? Because he only remembers the first one, which he enjoyed, which, you know, it was made for general audiences. So, yeah, of course he'll like it. Here's the Snyder Cut. What do you think? And I, he said, it looks like the same movie. And which, that's where I sincerely disagree. Um, <laughs> and, not, and not just because of the things that, like, that are clearly added to to this trailer, like um, Dark Side, Decide. You got the return of like the um, like the blue, like the blue tint and cyborg looking, looking more organic, as opposed to you know, Let's be honest, in, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, I I I can't I can't like agree with people who who think this is just the same movie with a few deleted scenes. Yeah, I don't get that. I, I it's think... like they've seen BVS. That was a different movie. It had a whole other plot line in it. Like... We'll we'll come to that later, Kazoo. I've got some things to say about that extended cut. I'm sorry, Gwen. I'm sorry. That's just... We'll, we'll talk about it later, but yeah, you know, BVS, to its credit, does add, like, at least more context to things, and there's going to be a lot of context in Snyder's Justice League that is going to be probably really good, and likewise probably really bad. I, I, I talked about this with Kiona last night, I think. I said... The Snyder Cut is probably going to be Zack Snyder's Death Stranding, where the cat's out of the bag. They're letting Snyder go full, unhinged, unfiltered with whatever he wants with this. And you know what? I'm curious for it, if for nothing else, it's just going to be the pure extension of an artist doing whatever the fuck they want. It is going to be pure Zack Snyder good and bad, just like Death Stranding is pure Hideo Kojima, good and bad. You got amazing, amazing characters, a crazy world, but most of it is walking. <laughs> if I get to see Batman with a three-mile-tall backpack on his back, I'll be happy. <laughs> and on Batman, that line that he gives was so Batman. I love that. No ma it does I don't care. It doesn't matter how many demons he's fought in how many hells. Yeah. He hasn't fought Face us. us. Not united. That is so, so cool. That yeah, that is that is a Batman line, without a doubt. Um, I wanna give a shout out real quick to hold on, one of our Twitter friends here. Um to Millennial Mike, who was actually on our Final Fantasy Seven uh, remake spoiler podcast. Um, because I know he's a big proponent of the the Snyder Cut. And um, he actually did link to something that gave an explanation about why they used Hallelujah. Um, something about when Superman screams upon his death and it, it awakens the mother boxes, and that's the secret chord that David played, and it pleased the Lord. Whoa, really? Yeah. Wow. Huh. Oh, okay. Um, and, All right. uh, 
Yeah, which is actually kind of an interesting thought when you consider it. Well, considering that Batman is very much made to look like, I mean, um, Superman is very much made to look like Jesus in these films sometimes, especially mm -hmm. the original Man of Steel, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, you know, oh, good, good on you, Millennial Mike, for finding that and for, you know, tweeting that out because that's actually very interesting. Hmm. So, yeah. And one other thing before we move on about the Snyder Cut panel, I love that Zack Snyder took the whole panel and made it about the people that made the Snyder Cut possible. Cause yeah, yeah. It, it would be so cool. easy to even accidentally just kind of be a little bit egotistical about it. But it was Zack Snyder talking about, the, about his cut that I was like, okay, yeah, I feel it now. Like, he sounded more energized and coherent in this panel than i've ever heard him before and yet again the enthusiasm <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know he he felt so passionate about the story that he was trying to tell and he just gave a huge shout out to all the people in the in the movement even if yeah some of like the the very vocal minority was a little bit too aggressive and i've dealt with that brunt numerous times in the past but i'll mm -hmm. admit i didn't make it easy on them either but good on zach for just being so gracious about everything yeah yeah in that in that panel he comes across as just in, incredibly humbled by you know every everyone who's stood in this corner um ev everyone who like helped put up signs rate raised money for suicide awareness mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um all all like the positive aspects of the snyder cut movement yeah like I, I i was just thinking about all of that during during that entire panel um and to see and to see this fit like his vision um like finally like we're finally about to get this like the snyder cut next year I, I I'm I'm just so excited for him for him and just to see to see this uh, once and for all. What do you guys think of the way that they're releasing it? So it's going to be apparently in four one hour. Um, they're going to do four one hour segments, so like a mini series. Then they're going to group it all together into one long just Justice League Snyder cut cut basically. <laughs> I love it. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Same. I like it. I'll prefer it when I have it on one big old long movie, but I, I like it. <laughs> Showing up Martin Scorsese, he's slamming his dick on the table like, look, Marty, this is how you say it. <laughs> yeah. it's so, so we hope to have uh, a Gwendolyn J. Stone and we hope to have Millennial Mike on the, on the DCU podcast. That'll be interesting to bring them in and see what they think and hear the passion behind how, how they feel as, as diehard fans of of the Snyder Cut and of the DCU. So, um, yeah. one more thing before we move on to some of the other panels. Um, definitely st uh, stay tuned for Gwendolyn's uh, Zach, upcoming Zack Snyder video. Yes. yes. Yeah, she's doing a, a, a like a four part, um, like long, long form essay, and it, it's it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. 
I got to read that first part since I'm I'm voicing the man himself, Zachy S. And <laughs> I'll never not flex on that, just being able to sh- give my vocal chops as a voice actor. And I'll say this, she got me to think about stuff I never expected with Zack Snyder. It got me to look at his work critically, like in a more critical eye. I, I've never, I can never say I've been a huge fan of Zack Snyder, but I've always respected him. And this made me respect him even more. Especially since I've never seen Dawn of the Dead, his take sure, on it. it. And the oh, fact Lord. that I heard that there's a Richard Cheese cover of Down with the Sickness, <laughs> I need to hear that. <laughs> that is great. I completely forgot about Richard Cheese. <laughs> That, that that that's a name I haven't heard in forever, but it, <laughs> it, it just makes me smile. Yeah. What was the What was the next movie? Oh, oh, it was a. Uh, Hold she- on, before 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 we get there, um, some something we we didn't talk about yet is there was a surprise DC Comics panel, um, hosted by Mark Bernardin and the people of Milestone Media to announce that Milestone is coming back. Yes. For, for those, for that those who is don't exciting, know, man. For those who don't know, Milestone is sort of like a, like a sub-label of DC that, um, that was started by Dwayne McDuffie in the 90s. Um, and Dwayne McDuffie is the writer and creator of Static Shock, which, went up, which would become one of the animated oh. series part of the DC animated universe. Yes. And that show was awesome. He also wrote the the Suicide Squad slash Task Force X ver- um, Justice League Unlimited episode, which was one of their best. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, that he, was Darwin Cook. Wrote, I'm sorry, that was Darwin Cook. That was another guy. But um, that, was a, that was a very good one. Mm. But Dwayne McDuffie was responsible for many of the other, uh, many great Justice League Unlimited episodes. Um, I'm going to actually look it up right now so I can tell you a good one. Um, but yeah, uh, McDuff- McDuffie, if McDuffie were, were alive today, I think he would be, he, he would be incredibly excited to hear, to hear this news that milestone, Absolutely. that milestone media is coming back pretty much in full force. And there's the other announcement that, um, WB and DC are are looking into a Static Shock movie. No way. They are. I that panel. Oh, okay, okay. So he wrote he wrote the story for Task Force X on Justice League Unlimited. Dwayne McDuffie oh. did, okay. and then Darwin Cook wrote the script. Nice. Um, and he also wrote like Question Authority, Flashpoint, Panic in the Sky, Divided We Fall, and Epilogue, which was like the major arc of the the first sort of two seasons, I think, of Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. So that was like that was like the culmination of the whole like Tim verse right there. Yep. Um, so Dwayne McDuffie, man, like that was where I kind of knew him from was more from like comic his comics work and his animation work on on JLU. Um I was a little bit aged out of Static Shock at the time, so I didn't really watch too much of that. But he actually he incorporated it into the Justice League Unlimited universe. Yep. So that yeah, and into the Timverse. So I mean, like Static Shock 
is a milestone character. It's probably their most famous character. And apparently Reginald Hudlin is going to, um, he's like, he's aiming for a movie to be released next year or something, or, or maybe in a couple I don't, years. I don't know about, I don't know about next maybe year. Maybe not next but, year. Uh, but they're developing right, it. Because right now it's, it's still in the development stage. Okay. So probably like maybe a couple years down the line. But, oh my God, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And there's, there's already people on Twitter saying like, Matthew Cherry should be should be the one to direct. He mm-hmm. um, Matthew Cherry directed a short film for Sony called Hair Love. Like Hair a, Love. yeah, it was it's like a six minute um, animated short, and it's it's just amazing. That that would be that would be sick. That would oh yeah. Oh. Now 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 that like that's been put out in the universe, I. I need that to happen immediately. <laughs> yeah, but man, Milestone Media coming back and the fact that they had Dennis, Dennis Cowan on the panel, who was like the co-creator of Milestone, like along with Dwayne McDuffie. I mean, like that's just like, it was a really good little panel. Like I loved it. I love seeing it. I love the fact that they're bringing it back. That piece of art that they premiered, that's Dennis Cowan's art. Dude. This this is this is exciting. Um, I hope I hope I like. I think Jim. I don't know if Jim Lee was on that panel or made like made an he appearance. Um, but I I hope I hope like one of the first things that they do is put out an omnibus of all like the yes. classic comics. Yes. Like the, like the original Static Run Icon. Um, I I, I need all of that. I was around, like, I saw the ads for the Milestone characters. I remember seeing them in other comics. Um, and, like, those characters just looked cutting edge, man. Something about the design, something about the sensibility of it. It was just amazing. So, like, Milestone is legit. And Phil Lamar being on that panel, too, like, the great voice actor Phil Lamar. Yeah. Is, yeah, that yes. that guy is amazing. So, yeah, I, they, the pieces are set. Things- I love his joke when they announced the Static Shock movie. Like, uh, yeah. get 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 Mario Scorsese on the phone. I, he's he's got the technology. I could play fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> he totally can. Yes. I would, would totally love to see that man. Does anybody remember Phil Lamar from like, um, everything? Mad like TV. <laughs> By the way, I, I I told you guys that I met Philomar um, at Comic Con a few years ago, right? I think so did I. I think you did, yeah. Yeah, um, I think it was. I I can't remember exactly what year it was. Probably either 2015 or 2016. But yeah, I I, um, I met him for a few minutes, like for a few minutes. Took took a couple pictures. Uh, just just kind of told told him like that he's. He's like what, like one of the, you know, one of the heroes of of voice acting. Some, Absolutely, someone that I've that I've looked up to pretty much forever. Yeah, I met him too. He watched me play The Walking Dead. All right, beat that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's that's pretty awesome. I was say, speaking of Justice League, if I remembered it correctly, I had to check. He was the one that voiced John Stewart. Yes. Yep. Yes. His performance as John Stewart like made me just completely love John Stewart. Like I'm serious. I was like, can we get a John Stewart Green Lantern comic? Like can he have a relationship with Hot Girl? With Hot Girl? Yes, please. please. (laughs) I'm down for that. (laughs) 
They did some really good stuff in that, like the Wonder Woman Batman thing. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Like when he's like, when he's like, one dating within the team is always trouble, and two, any villain that like comes across me is gonna aim at you. And then she like crushes like a rock, and she's just like, so. so. <laughs> That and also the best relationship in that entire thing that I still laugh that they had sexting in that show was freaking question in Huntress. So yes. what are you wearing? Orange socks. You're not good at this. Yeah, good. <laughs> I need to watch that show again. It's he goes so into, good! He goes into like the ice cream factory and he's like, as I suspected, a 35th flavor. <laughs> Vic Sage, you my man. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. And by the way, Huntress was performed, uh, was voiced by Amy Acker, who maybe is going to be on the show. Ooh. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. That is my favorite version of Huntress. Like, shut up. We'll definitely throw in a shout out to that. She's going to be on the show. <laughs> Oh my god, bro. Yeah, she was my favorite part of the Justice League. You have no idea. Oh. Are you, are you familiar with, with Angel and Buffy and, and all that stuff? Dollhouse, everything? I, I know of Buffy, but I did I like know it tangentially because my cousins were obsessed with it, mm. but I never watched it myself. It's oh, oh, oh. Man. Oh. I, I met her last year. I met her at, at uh, before I moved from Hawaii. I met Amy Acker at Comic-Con and um, in Honolulu and I met her like five times that con I was serious like full-on just fanboying out okay because she's my favorite actress of all time so like so then we did a thing where like Wizard World put on like a like a little um two-minute like conversation and I mentioned to her that that now she was like oh yeah I remember you you were just moving and I'm like yeah and she um like I told her about Renegade Pop Culture and she immediately was like cool i can be on it not oh oh that's amazing so, oh yeah that's amazing might as well announce it here guys oh, that's when we brought it up man that is that is that is amazing so cool that is so yeah. cool now we we will get to the batman eventually but i gotta yes we will i gotta get to a few more panels um one of the earlier ones we missed was um uh set like uh set sandman um, sandman Neil Gaiman talking about Sandman. I just, swear, I, I, could, I could listen to uh, Gaiman talk for hours. And dude, was, was that Michael Sheen? I mean, yeah. like, I was kind of walking in and out because things were happening, but like, I saw like, what I saw of this panel, and I was like, that's Michael Sheen. Yeah, I, I like, literally want to hear this audio version of Sandman, seriously. Yeah, he's playing Lucifer. Which... Dude, that is awesome. That that is the second best voice they could have gotten. <laughs> before he died, I think they even mentioned too, like he, he saw David Bowie. Yes, as as Lucifer, that would be ah. Oh. David Bowie or oh, Tony J. Tony J. I miss the, that man. The biggest takeaway from from the Sandman panel was we got a little bit of news about the the Netflix the Netflix movie. adaptation. And what a wistful way to give announcements to, like a status update on it too, only in the way Neil Gaiman can do. <laughs> I, I I love the way he said it too. Like, um, like he like he's talking he's talking about his like the development process, and mm-hmm. it's like 
he he mentioned how like the world all went into a pause. So that just gave them time to, you know, flesh out flesh out the world and and the story and all that. Um it's interesting how this this version of the of uh the story takes place in the present as opposed to, you know, 1988. Mhm. So that's that that that's <clears throat> like the most we know about about the Netflix series. Who are they going to cast as Death? Uh, oh, that's a damn good question. They haven't said anything, but I tell you, if he was still alive, I only saw Alan Rickman. Oh. As, as Dream? Yeah. Oh. Like, you look at him in that. Dogma, that's basically his audition tape, too. Oh. So like, Damn. am I crazy? Or if if they do the Sandman show, could we also get Tom Ellis? Like, let's say if Lucifer <laughs> ends after the sixth season and they come out with the Sandman thing, could we get Tom Ellis back for that? Oh wow! That and like, is... and could we get Matt Ryan back as Constantine? You know what? If they're open to all of this, like they are, both of those people love those roles like a child of theirs. Matt Ryan would sacrifice a firstborn if he could play <laughs> Constantine for the rest of his, his life. life. Dude, yeah. if I could get... Yeah, it, I, I, I have always wanted, since they did that scene in the Crisis crossover, where they mm-hmm. had Tom Ellis and Matt Ryan just face off with each other. I, I have wanted a Lucifer-Constantine team-up. Have, Seriously. Have they, have they really like teamed up before in the comics? I don't know, honestly. I'm not sure. But like... I could I could just see that happening because they there is definitely like that would be such a cool pairing. Like I don't know. Yeah. I'd just love to see it. As far as who could play Dream, that's such a very who could you even get? Like in the audiobook uh, they have James McAvoy which I'm I can only hear his voice but I don't know if I could see him playing uh, a Dream also. Uh, I'm looking up what people are doing for fan casts, and the first one that came up was Adam Driver. <laughs> um, oh my god. Man, in my head, if he took it seriously, I kind of thought Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Maybe. Uh, remember, uh, do, do you guys remember when Joseph Gordon-Levitt was attached to a Sandman adaptation? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on and on, too. Like, right after he did that, they said, He's going to write, direct, and star in it, and it's not going to be a fist fight. It's going to be pure psychological magic stuff. And I was like, there's no way this is, this is going to happen. It's too good to be true. Yeah. And it was too good to be true. <laughs> trying to think of who that, all that, that, being, that being said, I'm, I'm glad that Netflix is like adapting this as a series as opposed to like Warner Brothers or New Line trying to make a movie out of it because... You, you, you can't, unless, unless you're adapting like maybe one of the one-off graphic novels, you can't, you can't just do, you can't just reduce the Sandman universe to a mere two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. You, you, you gotta, you gotta flesh it out. Yeah. They've tried too with uh, Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio. Apparently they had a draft of Sandman in the past, which I've tried to track down for ages, but Apparently, it was almost enough to get off the ground, but hmm. I'll say this. 
I still stand by my fan cast of Death being Emmy Rossum, but I would oh. not be opposed to Cat Dennings also. Just Ooh, Cat Dennings are pretty good. I, I can mm. I can see Cat Dennings as as Death. She needs more work. Yes, please, Cat Dennings. Yes, anything. <laughs> Just anything but the huh. awful Thor cameos. Ugh. I like her and Thor. I like Cat yeah, Dennings in anything though. <laughs> okay, I'm the odd man out now. <laughs> I just like Cat Dennings, but man, same. Man. <laughs> She's like, wait, Mew Mew? Mew Meow Meow? <laughs> meow Meow? What's <laughs> up, Meow Meow? Oh, man. Um, uh, see, like, that's the thing that that's the thing that I love about doing these shows is that, first of all, we're talking comics, which we don't really do too much on this thing, which I really want to do more of. Um yeah. And I'm looking to get into that because I'm I'm trying to get these some some up and coming uh, comic book uh, people on the show too, um, and then another thing was like they chatted with with G Willow Wilson, who is the co-creator of Kamala Khan, over at Marvel, nice. and she also Miss Marvel by the way for people playing the Avengers beta, um, and she is uh, she writes the the series called the Dreaming which is like a, a series that is set in the Sandman continuity. Um, it's a black label book that they publish currently. So it was good to see them do some comic book news over the course of this big show, which has, you know, so much flash and pomp and circumstance surrounding every, you know, movie announcement and video game announcement. But comics always seem to get left in the shuffle and it was nice to see them actually put the spotlight on some of them especially like milestone and and having neil gaiman on there it's just amazing so i hope people yeah, that, really appreciate that, that that was that was nice it's it's always great when dc comics remembers that they publish comics yes <laughs> yeah but they're they're cutting batgirl and young justice and like oh okay don't get me started on that and Harley. Yeah. And Justice League Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. Mm, yeah. But on a happier note. <laughs> <laughs> Anything okay, else? Let's move, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's move on to uh you know we'll 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 lump these two in, into one. There's okay. um Dwayne Dwayne Johnson pretty much carried the entire black adam panel all by himself yeah and then look at the guy he's massive he can handle it uh (laughs) and then and then there was shazam the shazam panel was kind of awesome interesting um (laughs) well Well, first first let's get let's get to black adam because some like something that i've been really happy about um, with DC just in general is between between this Black Adam movie and Stargirl the representation of of the Justice Society America um, yes like it, it's just so good to see uh, these these characters push to like the forefront the, the fact that we're getting Dr. Fate is really cool right <laughs> and a movie version of Adam Smasher makes me Adam very happy. Yes. 
Do you remember that that JLU episode that I was talking about, the Task Force X one, yes. where he like where it was Adam Smasher and he just and, and like the and, K- and KG Beast and all of them, yeah. Nathan Fillion as freaking like I can't even remember the name of the Vigilante as Vigilante, yes. Nathan Fillion yep. as Vigilante, and like yeah, that whole episode, man. Like Dwayne McDuffie, Darwin Cook, God bless, because like seriously, that was one of the most amazing episodes and one of my top five episodes hey kiona do you know who played adam smasher in the flash edge adam copeland <laughs> oh my god i don't think i got that far okay yeah, he like, did. That, that was like one of the first episodes of like season two yep i think i know him yes yeah yeah <laughs> his song I, I now have his song in my head all the time like, <sighs> I can't help but sing along to that song, even though I'm a horrible singer. <laughs> it's so good. I, I gotta say, the the pitch that Dwayne Johnson gave for for freaking Black Adam looks pretty sick. Yeah. Yes. I, I never would have expected him to be so serious about a role because I'll admit, with everything I've seen of The Rock, you know, he he always kind of plays the same character, which is kind of you know, just, you know, aloof, fun... I, I think the the proper term, I mean this with all respect, because I actually do like Dwayne Johnson as an actor, mm-hmm. but he primarily takes himbo roles. Have you seen Faster? I haven't. Long ago. Faster's awesome. You should yeah. watch him in Faster. There you go. It says something, though. The one time I saw him really doing a big role and taking it seriously was... <laughs> Of all things, Michael Bay's pain and gain. Interesting. Hmm. But that, that that's the one that that he's taking the most seriously. I liked him in Rampage. I'll be that guy. Rampage was good. Yeah, Rampage, Rampage was, was a lot of fun. Rampage was good. Um, you know, he's been trying to do Black Adam. He's been trying to secure this role for like the past seven years or something. Okay, <laughs> so long, I- longer than that. Uh, Ten years. I, what I'm is gonna it? be. I'm gonna be 30. I swear, I've been hearing about this since high school. Yeah, I'm not probably. kidding. It's probably. been a thing long before the DCEU started. Yeah, you, you, you guys know the film Get Smart. Yes. Um, that came out in what 2008. Came out when I was in high school, uh, junior. So I think 2008. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's been pitch- he's been pitching this movie since since then. All right, so I'm not on drugs. It has been that long. (laughs) Yep. 12 goddamn years. And you know what? The passion with all that time comes through with how he was talking about why Black Adam? You could probably play anybody. Why him? And there was a a twinkle in his eye just describing the character and what he enjoys about it. I was just... You could tell that he was like... Yeah, you could tell that he was itching to show off something. Like, he really wanted to just, like, I, I have no doubt that if he could just buy, like, a costume and be Black Adam on that yeah. video, he would have. Yep. Like, he really wanted to show the audience something, and they did show us something. They showed us Boss Logic and Jim Lee art. Yeah, that, that concept art looked looked amazing. For, yeah. for, a, for a project that has, um, as far as I know, no finish, no finished script, like no, like no uh, principal photography, and and no real trailer. This this has me the most the most hyped for a movie that 
technically doesn't exist yet. And for like, and to consider the fact that maybe we might get more Henry Cavill Superman, just because they keep teasing I swear this. If, I swear, if if like next week we find out Henry Cavill is is like the either co lead or like main antagonist in the film, I will lose my mind. He's always said the suit's not not he didn't give up the suit. It's still in his closet. So I mean, oh, I don't doubt it. I'm sure he would. So I looked it up because I was curious if there was even a director attached. And is the that? director's name is Juami Colette Sarah. Oh yeah. Oh. I oh. Um, that's um he he like he's uh, he's the director of like all those Liam Neeson movies. Oh really? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he like unknown and all that. Unknown and nonstop the commuter, and the shallows. The um, he's also, he's also directing uh, Jungle Cruise uh, for Disney, which is um, the Rock movie. Yeah, The Rock and Emily Blunt, and it's based it's based on a um, like a Walt Disney World ride. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: I'm not the biggest fan of the Liam Neeson movies he's directed. I I really love Run Run All Night. Okay, Run All Night. Yeah, that was the exception. But like, yeah. But here's the thing. It's Dwayne Johnson. It's it's The Rock as Black Adam. I will go see it. I don't care. I got to hear The Rock say the word Kondok. Yes. yes. Never in a billion years would I thought that was going to happen. <laughs> Do people understand? And like the complexity of this character, like seriously, like he he head, he's the head of his own country. He's like Doctor Doom, okay? He's got yeah. his own country, which yeah. means he has to look out for all the people in that country. Which yeah. means he has to do political things that not a whole lot of people will understand or, or approve of. And like Black Adam does these things to protect his people. That is his main concern. Yep. So there is an honor there. There is a, a sense of honor there, and there is like a, a code there that he lives by that not anyone not shazam not you know uh not superman will fully understand but i'm hoping that like sort of like we have mr fantastic and dr doom and how they always like fight each other and and kind of don't get along like like politically personally yep. i'm hoping that we have that with either shazam or with superman here can you imagine the dialogue between zachary levi and dwayne johnson for yes. a two-hour movie. Yeah. Give me oh that. Get directly into a needle right here. I want <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I don't know if everyone here has read the weekly series 52. Um, oh, God, yes. But when... I read a bunch of it. Um, like, when talks of this Black Adam movie were starting to get more serious, mm -hmm. I, my mind immediately went to um, like that that comic and um, and all of Black Adam's storyline, how he he is more of like the anti-hero, like he's 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 even trying to do good with ISIS, yeah, going going around the world, um, you know, act, actually being heroic, but in his own, you know, his own uh, Teth Adam way. He'll, the only he'll thing that people. sucks about this is that like they avoided it in Legends of Tomorrow. I don't think we're ever gonna get her being called ISIS ever. Oh no. yeah, that's no. that's unfortunate. I because when that came up in Legends, I'm like, that's ISIS. 
Why, why aren't they? Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm going to shut up. Remember they, even, remember they even used that in Smallville, too? Yep. Like with the Lana Lang character, they even used the, the term Isis because they were referring <sighs> to the Egyptian goddess. Yep, yep. But that's a no-go now. That's a no-go now. The world. Uh, well, yeah, spe- so. well speak- speaking of gods. Um, <laughs> nice segue. Shazam. Shazam right the Shazam panel had me worried at first because I wasn't sure what, what was going to happen. Yeah, I was like, this is getting really cutesy. Uh, but then, <laughs> but then they, they pulled, they pulled, like, they, like, they dropped a bomb on us. They sure did. Um, a bomb in the form of Sinbad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that was your guys' bomb? For me, the bomb that I enjoyed was them basically roasting the shit out of that, out of that Shazam fan cut. That we, that we made fun of a long time ago. Oh, Zachary Levi is like, oh yeah, I I I, I want to tell you, I want to tell all the fans out there about the darker cut of Shazam. You know, we're gonna we're gonna add a whole new color palette, some <laughs> scenes. We're gonna do this and that, and then out of nowhere, David F. Sandberg, the director, comes and he's like, "So you recut my movie?" <laughs> and that funny. was just. For me, that was the ultimate serve. I was like, okay, I I know they probably don't have anything to show, but it's just nice to see all these people together, and also that they're joking about that stupid controversy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You remember yeah. that epic speech that that Zach Levi gave at like the Game Awards, <laughs> where he was talking about like microtransactions or something, and he gave like a smackdown. Oh, um, like EA or something like that. It was pretty. That was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. it reminded me of that. Yeah. If 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 that panel was just like Zachary Levi like vamping for ten minutes, I I I still would have loved it. But I miss Comic Con HQ, man. That was his thing. I miss that. Yeah, me too. He he's he has like such a natural charisma. Um. I miss Chuck, man. Yeah. Also, anybody anywhere, give Yvonne Strahovski some work. Give Dude. any in in any role in DCU or Anything. MCU, please. She only had like I Frankenstein, and then she like fell off the face <laughs> of the earth. Give her something. <laughs> Isn't she on Handmaid's Tale though? I have no idea. Don't watch it. I, I think she's on that. <laughs> Give her work. There she is. Oh crap! I need to watch. That. Well, I'm going to watch okay. it. I'm going to watch it now. I had that, no idea she was in it. Honestly, though, yeah, yeah, she does need more work, though. We need we need her in another Mass Effect game. We need her in another like. We need her in everything. Darn it! Just yes. Give uh, give her all the roles. Please do. Please do. Um. So the title of the Shazam movie is yes. Shazam: Theory of the Gods. <laughs> I like that. That's the Fury the of Sinbad. Yeah. Okay, f- full stop here. <gasps> Who else was unbelievably confused because I don't know Shazam that well at the um, Mind Control Caterpillar at the end of Shazam? Oh, Mr. Mind? Mr. Yes. Mind. I had no idea. Villain? The, the, so that's he, the villain. Is, is, is that, that's the villain. Is that is the villain? Because I don't know Shazam that well. Um. Yeah, that um, Mr. Mind is the leader of the Monster Society. Okay. Um, yeah, Monster and, Society. And yes, is. he is. A, he is a, tall, a small talking worm. Okay. 
I thought I was on drugs in the theater. I'm like, I know I don't know Shazam, but this one's getting me. I'm like, oh boy, are we doing some pulling? Okay, so did you <laughs> see? I was I was more on board with it. Like I just didn't question it because days before I was binging a lot of Doom Patrol yeah. and I got to see Ezekiel the talking cockroach. So I was like, <laughs> okay, there's a talking bug here too. That's good. Oh yeah, I'm so, not against it. I just had no idea. <laughs> so, so get this. So, Mr. Mind, here, looking at the wiki. Okay. Real name, unpronounceable. Ah! <laughs> I love it! Uh, first appearance was Captain Marvel Adventures, because Shazam used to be called Captain Marvel back yep. in the day. August 1943. Created oh. by Otto Bender and C.C. Beck. He is the Monster Society of Evil. He's the leader. His abilities are advanced mind control, mind control, hypnosis, mental image projection, some invulnerability. <laughs> I love that. Some invulnerability. Get, okay, this is even more. Ability to spin super strong silk at high speeds. He's canterpie. And the, the best one, the best one, okay? Are you guys ready for this? Oh, yeah. Give it to me. Are you sitting down? In evolved form, capability to devour space-time. What? You can, you can tell Mr. Mind is a Silver Age villain. <laughs> yes, he is. I so want that to happen. I so want him to evolve in Shazam Fury of the Gods and just be like, I'm going to eat space-time. There's going to be, it's either going to be that or he's just going to mention I can devour space time in case you didn't know. You should be intimidated. There's <laughs> gonna such a something. So I, I, I have to ask the question. Do you think Sinbad is on Mr. board mind? Mind? the voice with mind? I hope so. That would be funny. That would be the best thing I've ever seen. I want it right now. By the way, guys, I'm sending you this this yeah, I'm, I'm oh, gonna I'll, send I'll you this be, picture. I'll be reading here. that on lunch tomorrow. Are you reading, sending us the wiki? I'm sending oh. you the picture of Mr. Mind because it's hilarious. Oh my, oh boy. <laughs> He's got like an all-seeing eye in the middle of his chest. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> The dialogue, Lex Luthor, your needs don't matter now. You are in the power of Mr. Mind. Are they okay? And that's another thing. Are we actually going to have him called Mister Mind in this? Please, please. He, he, he has to be. Oh, oh man! If they actually bring up, why do they call you Mister Mind and no one ever says my name correctly? <laughs> <laughs> it's unpronounceable. Mister Mixie's a pitlick comes out and is like, <laughs> "You don't like nothing." Wait a minute! That's my gimmick. Gimmick infringement. Oh man. Okay. So, well, there you go. Hey, Shazam! We got some stuff to be excited about. Oh yeah. Yep. Now we come to the big boy. All right. Well, we haven't even talked about the games yet, which I really want to get to. I mean, we, we haven't really a little. Yeah, a little, we, we, a little, yeah, we talked little a little bit about uh about Gotham Knights. I still Gotham have Knights also had the Elfman score again at the end of it for a little bit, which was crazy. Oh yeah. Dude, the score throughout that whole game, man, I'm like, I'm into it. Like, seriously, I saw a lot of Pierce's, like, reaction. 
reaction video and she's like doing the same thing I did, which was that the fight, the first fight that Batgirl has where she just jumps down and like totally creams that dude. Yeah. She just she just bashes his head and um like that score that they got going on, that little that little techno thing yeah. that they have, I was bumping. I was like, dude, this thing looks great. It, was- it sounds great. And like a lot of Pierce is like all like she's like grooving to it. I'm like, okay, so I'm not alone here. No, no, I get it. That that I was a little skeptical at first because I was like, all right, what are we doing? And then I was like, okay, I'm a lot more into this. I'm like, okay, I'm very into this because these games are gonna, if they make more of them, these games are called Arkham Knight. Arkham Knights, <laughs> meaning there's no label, meaning as a DLC character or in the sequel, I could beat the shit out of some thugs with Cassandra Kane, which is what I want to do. Bro. <laughs> Bro. Okay, I want Give that. Me Cassandra Kane. I want that. I want Stephanie Brown. I want Duke Thomas. I want Azrael. Just like Who, Luke Fox's Blue, Batwing. Blue Jay, everybody. I want yes. everything. Everyone, yes. I cannot mention the coolest thing. I didn't know much about Cassandra Kane because I fell out of comics for a while, but you have a character that is mute and then learns to talk by reading people's body movements to become a firefighter. That is the coolest shit ever. And she's tied into Lady Shiva. And she is. You could have David Kane there too, and all the and oh. Nissa Al Ghul. There, there's so many opportunities to just be like, we don't have a set name, so we can have whoever we want. And then you can drop in and out. You can play it on your own or with friends, so we could just go and get it. It's it's a very cool setup. Oh, man, could they go miles with this? And man, immediately, I, like, I think it's Josh said it, I think. But immediately they're like, all right, is this connected in? Um, so Jim hasn't liked this for a while and I'm gone. Yep. Okay. This is not Arkham <laughs> because <laughs> Jim has been a fan. This is a brand new thing and they're vigilantes now. They're not I'm just well-known saying, people. I, oh, I'm just saying wait. they, they know James Tinian's work. They know his work wow. because they are sitting there calling it the Belfry for God's sake. Yes. So they know James Tinian's work. They know his lineup of characters. I'm telling you right now, we are going to get heroic Clayface as DLC. We are going to get Cassandra Kane. We're going to get Batwing. We're going to get Batwoman. Seriously, they have to do this. WB Montreal, come on. Don't let me down, guys. Don't let me down. I will have you on this show. As the non-gamer on this panel, even I'm getting excited hearing all this. They have their games for the next 12 years planned. If they ride this out, they could go forever on this. I don't even care if it's a live service at this point because I'm just like, I will play as these characters for a live service. I will. As long as you treat it as like installments and we can just get stuff, like find a good balance, I'm good. (laughs) I'll pay for Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown. I will pay for that DLC. Damn right. Give me spoiler, all the costumes to her as back. I mean, Robin, Robin, everything. Give me all the costumes, please. Yeah. Pre new fifty two oh. spoiler, yeah, yeah. Yes, give it. me that purple, and I mean, I I get, I get that they have it, but I want the um, I want the leather jacket, snap over Batgirl, freaking purple costume. I want it all. The, um, yeah, the burn, Burnside Babs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Give it to me. Yeah. Man, that that game just got me, man. Because I was like, you know, you know, for me, it's like I love Batman, I really do. But when it comes to the Bat family, he's probably the least interesting of them all. I agree with that. It, it is. Because, like, but he's like, but he's the guy. He's the guy who like inspires everybody. So that's where yeah. the interest comes in. 
And everybody needs to read like like Bruce Wayne Murderer and Bruce Wayne Fugitive because that story arc, Ed Brubaker's story arc right there and Greg Rucka, they like, they they took that old adage of like, Batman's the real guy, Bruce Wayne is the fake, is the mask. Yeah. They took that and broke it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were like, this is what happens when you have pure Batman, no Bruce Wayne. He yeah. becomes inhuman. And when you go on what you said about being the least, like when Dick Grayson finally got to be Batman with Damien as his Robin, mm-hmm. It was insane. Like, getting Gordon to be like, kid, I saw you (laughs) smiling on the camera. Stop it. (laughs) Don't do that. These people need to think you're Batman, and I know you're not. (laughs) And, Uh, like, yeah, yeah, Damien's another one. They need to put Damien in this game. Oh, Damien will be... I wouldn't doubt if he's introduced, we just don't know we can't play as him. What if he's a villain? I would love that. He could could start out as that. That'd be cool. Let I just don't need to experience Damon being killed by what was his name again? Um, uh, I could see the picture. I could see the death shot in my head. (sighs) I can't think of his name. Hang on, looking it up. But yeah, that um, the fact that you could do it all on your own, the fact that everybody can shoot in and have their own little experience, they didn't make it so heretic. heretic. The fact that it didn't make it mandatory and that the people that don't have good, like, because one thing I hate is that they make a game, like, completely centric and you, like, if you just don't have friends with good internet connections, you can't finish them. They made this, they said openly, like, you can do this. Mm -hmm. I hope it doesn't get too cartoony because, like, the only thing that I was kind of like where they're like, and with access to the Justice League satellites, Robin has access (laughs) to short-range teleporting. I'm like, okay, Calm that down a little. <laughs> well, that that is Tim Drake. So Yo, Tim I, Drake, Robin, you can believe that. Yeah. I, I I get it. I'm just like, don't do too much of that. Don't get and out they, of hand. <laughs> they had his red Robin suit. Yes. That was cool. That yes. was cool. So like, yeah, I mean, I, I just, like, I know there's a lot of people who have questions about that game and have concerns about that game. For me, just seeing it and just seeing these characters that I've wanted for so long to get their shot on their own, I was just like, okay, this is this is my game, man. It looks a lot more open, too. Like, you could just buzz around the city. Like, the fact that Batgirl actually has a bike that you can just buzz around in. Yeah. It, oof, it's, yeah. It, uh, it looks like the boss battles are going to be nuts compared yeah, to what they normally are. I know some people were concerned about that, too, because they were like, okay, the levels keep up. But it's like, you know, I, I would want to be challenged if I'm a level 58 character. I'm not going to go into yeah. Mr. Freeze's lair and be like, oh, he's level 5. Plink. And yeah, then he's you, dead. You KO him with a kick to the side of the head. That wouldn't yeah. be very... No, that wouldn't be fun. Come on. No. Exactly. So anyway, okay. Sorry, guys. We just we just really got off on a tangent there. But I mean, That's it's all right. Amazing. It's related. It's related. Yeah. It's part of the fandom. And then we could just, we could just go over Suicide Squad. Looks like a thing. Looks really cool. <laughs> it, it, it's a thing. It exists. It exists. Sefton, Sefton Hill was there. He was talking to... That whole like segment, though, was... Oh kind of my awkward. god! I really yeah. wanted to to like. I was like, I'm gonna go make a grilled cheese sandwich. Okay. Yeah, that was the point. I started busting out my my Daredevil book again. Just like, okay, this is this is going nowhere. It went There's... way too long. Yeah, Septon's really good at running a studio. His talks have never been good. Septon, ever. Yeah, yeah, like he was okay, but like the 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 thing that they did with like the characters where Harley Quinn was like was like I'm Harley Quinn and just like that was like a Southern Harley Quinn, sorry. Um, but like uh, she just 
that was so weak to me. Like I, the game, I wasn't feeling it. I was kind of like, like seriously, this is like a bad E3 presentation. See, I I didn't mind the tone of the trailer because it kind of reminded me of Borderlands, which for Mm. a Suicide Squad game, that's what I would want. I I think Mm. the main problem with me is just, again, it was just like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, just going off of Gotham Knights where they showed off gameplay in addition to the cinematics. It was like, uh, I would have loved it if you at least showed a little peek at what you're doing, but maybe. Maybe it would have worked better if they had done the Suicide Squad stuff, the movie stuff, and then done the game, or done the game and yeah. then the movie. Yeah, yeah, because se- separated, it, it, like it, it made it made like the flaws of that panel stand out more. Yeah, especially when it's right before the one that I think everybody was looking forward to the most. So yeah, it was like, okay, I was like, man, your audience is falling asleep, man. You guys got to yeah. wake them up now. <laughs> you yeah. know, like. It's like, I, I get what they're going for. Like, I did not expect Outcast when I was getting ready for that. But, yeah. like, it, it worked, I guess. It's rock steady, so I have all the faith in the world. So, it's just going to be, we're going to have to come. I think that maybe they showed the thing they had the littlest with. And I mean, going, yeah. they needed to show that Target is here. Characters are here. We might have mm-hmm. more characters. We're not going to let you know because we want to wait until we have something better to show because Rocksteady likes to take their time and make sure that they have stuff good. Yeah. So I would much rather, like, again, it's targeted 2022 right now. And yeah. we only got a targeted 2021 for Arkham Knights. Like, we never got re- actual release dates. So it could end up being pushed out to 2022 and 2023 for all we know. So Yeah, true, true. And, there, and a couple of things too to note as well, which is the Brainiac ship yeah. in the beginning of the Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League trailer. That was cool. Yeah, that, that um, looked dope. The, the fact that it's Superman as the villain is cool. Um, Do you think we'll get more members, Kiona, of the Justice League other than just Superman? Or it's going to be Superman the whole game? Here's the, here's the thing that's interesting. It's set in the Arkham universe. Mm-hmm. So that means that we could get... We could get an Arkham Asylum or Arkham City, Ar- Arkham Knight Batman as a villain, which is interesting. That's true. But like, what's what is making them villains? That's the interesting thing to me. I'm assuming it's mind control. Like, I'm assuming it's happen. mind control, or it's parallel universe. Maybe it's maybe it's the multiverse version. At first, when they showed that poster, I'm like, is that Bizarro Superman? Ev- yeah. Everyone was saying that, and and then yeah. <laughs> I will, but, you know. I will admit, I'm going to bring up this tangent that YouTuber Godzilla Mendoza tweeted out right when the Kill the Justice League happened. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, uh, the, the riffraff uh, got mad at me when I asked uh, when I said I was tired of Superman being an antagonist, even though I, I said, uh, I hope he's normal again at the end of the game, because he got really frustrated, and I think the same reason I got frustrated too, which is I think it's just me. I'm just getting really tired of Superman being evil yeah. all the time. That, that is a bit, a bit played out. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was him that brought it up, but somebody mentioned it's so weirdly disturbing on some level that you have this character that's a beacon of good and hope and all that, and all anybody ever wants to do is just kind of beat him down and bring him to our level rather yeah. than have open him up to us and make us connect to him more. Yeah. 
the weird the weird part about it though and i had pat from two best friends kind of go into a long rant about this is that a lot of times and i'm not saying all times because to me like i said my favorite part about him as a hero was the whole city living in a world of cardboard speech Mm -hmm. (laughs) until it was done a lot some of the most interesting stories you ever got about superman was making him an evil dick yeah like injustice yeah. He's one of the best versions of Superman ever, and he's a dick. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it does get played out. I will 100% agree with you, but sometimes, especially with him, because if you have Superman be Superman and you don't have Kryptonite, what the hell are you going to do? Magic? Or, okay, yeah, okay, there's that, but they don't, to me, it's from what I've seen, they don't do it as much in comics anymore yeah. with magic with him. It's like, you either need to come up with a really stupid excuse to fight him or make him the guy you're fighting. Yeah. Sometimes it, it just, it's Superman is an incredibly hard person to write. And a lot of talented people have made it done. And I give those people credit because man, when your person has basically everything, it's like the man who has everything, what do you give him? <laughs> the black mercy. It's, it, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard. It, it just feels weird that the most optimistic Superman I've seen in years that feels like classic Superman came from Frank Miller, of all people, with his Superman year one. And that's not perfect at all, but mm. it was times mm. reading that I was like, you know, Frank Miller at least gets the the love of Superman. Like, he at least comes across like, and this is the most cynical son of a bitch ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even in Superman Year One, he had a scene where Lana almost gets uh, gang raped yeah. in the first issue. But even then, it's not like as extreme as you would expect from Frank Miller to the point where I wouldn't have even believed it if you had told me that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I hate to quote such a piece of shit, but um, Max Landis at one point said when he was doing Superman American Alien... It takes an optimist to write Superman, which I'm, I'm going to let the irony that it's him of all people saying it, but th- that, that's where it stands with me. Like Superman's not a bad character. Just I want to see more optimists take a mm-hmm. stab at him because I, I think it was Godzilla that said it, it, that Xavier said it, which was the thing that makes Superman so unique compared to Batman is that he's this force of positivity. And when you have him being just as dark or just as violent or just as scary as Batman, then they become the same person in that respect. Mm-hmm. Now, hence the, the Martha. Yeah. And so far as kill the justice league, apparently, yeah, it is mind control. And some of the justice league members are optional to kill, but as far okay. as I saw, Superman is apparently a no-kill. Uh. So th- th- that could be just like hearsay. I don't know. I just need to see gameplay of this game because I don't know. Th- this one, story-wise, I don't know if I'm going to be all in, but the characters I'm all in for. Especially From what Sefton Hill said, it sounds like the Avengers game. It sounds like a live service. <sighs> It sounds like there's going to be four. There's if you are playing single player, there's going to be three bots running alongside you, and they're going to be doing stupid crap. 
I hate the fact that you cannot even give like rudimentary commands. Like like this ain't no Star Star Wars Republic Commando guys. Like you know yeah. this this is just like the Avengers game is that way. The Suicide Squad game maybe it might turn out that way. I don't know. It's Rocksteady, so yeah. I mean hopefully they're they're a good developer. We all know this. So yeah. that's the only thing keeping hope alive for me is that it's Rocksteady. Um, it's in the Arkham universe. You're gonna have an interesting tie into that, I'm sure. Yeah. But. I wasn't feeling it completely and just like the only thing I did like was King Shark. Oh, King Shark's awesome. How, how the, can you the, the, the wonderful Superman has just saved that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, I love that ending to the trailer too where Boomerang comes in and he's like, oh God. all right, so who are we fighting? Ah, oh, fuck. And then when it cuts and you hear, ting, that wasn't a good idea, Shaggy. <laughs> The funny thing was that it seemed like they were kind of going off the movie a little bit. They, yeah. That that Harley is 100% movie Harley. Yeah. I, was I like, mean, it's, mm. it's, it's Tara Strong coming back to voice the character, but it yeah. It is Tara Strong? Yep. Yeah. Really? She took over for Arlene Sorkin ever since uh, Arkham City. It's not Hendon Walsh, is it? No, I'm pretty sure it's Tara. Yeah, because yeah. it didn't sound like... It didn't sound like Tara to me. Like she usually has a much I, more. I I heard a little bit, know. a little bit of, of like the classic Harley um, cadence. Yeah, but I'll I'll, I'll admit I wasn't one hundred percent sure it was Tara Strong until I actually read like some article on Twitter that, um, where Tara was talking about her excitement. Oh okay. Oh, that's cool. Apparently, well, I don't know if you guys know this wrestler, but Samoa Joe is king shark shut the hell up oh my god that is shut the hell Sorry, up I, i'm talking too loud um that is amazing samoa joe is one of the best talkers on the planet oh my gosh no wonder man that that like that's so yeah i, can, I need to rewatch this trailer i can that see that now joe. i can see that now with him going like with him going like the wonderful superman has just saved that pilot <laughs> Yeah, Samoa Joe. Like how? What connection was made? Well, that would explain why he hasn't been wrestling a lot lately. He's working on okay, that makes a lot of sense now. Okay. And here we thought it was an injury or something. Like Vince is always like, no, it's wow. Samoa Joe is gonna be King Shark. I just made Brock's day. Dude. This has been the best podcast of my life, <laughs> like ever. <laughs> and we're not, and we're not done yet. We so, still so, have one more. Uh, yeah, oh, let's let's get to the right big boy. Right before we get to that, let me just go back to Gotham Knights real quick. So that is not in the Arkham universe. No. Yeah, this is like its own said. its own uh, little project. And it, ha also, it has the weird like Batman still goes away with Alfred thing that confused a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Except Alfred is there. Montoya is there. Montoya is cool, by the way. I'm so glad yeah. they have her in. Um, and like, okay, so let. So the one thing that I was a little bit iffy on was Batgirl's voice. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, like we, we talked about this and yeah, I, I see what you mean because it had like the same problem that I felt playing Marvel's Avengers where in that game, Kamala Khan sounds too young for the mm -hmm. age she looks. Mm -hmm. And I feel the same with Batgirl. If we're, 
if we're going to talk about the, the the voice acting, one thing I will admit that they do need to to change a little. There was a couple of yes, he's going to turn on the reactor. We should not let him do that. There was a couple of lines like that where it's like you're not sure if that person's going to be in the scene type of thing where they might have to have some very base lines. I hope yeah. it's not like that all the time. But yeah. I do like that it's Babs and I do like that she's, you know, she's a bit more talky and of course she's yes. my favorite of the four so I'm going to be playing as her. But like yeah. it's yeah and and I could get used to her voice I guess. One one last thing again before before we get to the big boy. We're building up this big, big boy, boy because there's a lot to talk about she's, with this big she's boy. Quite a big boy. But um <laughs> I'm just going to say this. I hate that design for Red Hood. Do you? I agree with you. I really do not like it, especially when Rocksteady had the perfect design for a video game in that in that Red Hood DLC they had for Arkham Knight. Did I just make Brock get out of here? Oh, wait, no, no, no. <laughs> I think he's getting something. Yes. It's perfect. <laughs> oh, the jacket's back. <laughs> like that... Like I just that that DLC had the perfect design for a playable uh, a black or red hood, and I don't know. This one just looks too. It looks too much like hockey pads. Yeah, Ew, it does. He, he I'm looks, not wearing hockey pads. It looks like if Casey Jones was cosplaying as the Punisher. Oh my god, that was one hell of a pull. But all right, yeah, and it's like, of course, like Kiona said earlier we're going to get DLCs. I wouldn't doubt if we're yeah. going to get the Arkhamite version, we're going to get the Under the Red Hood version, we're going to get mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, Keith was the as one that kind of looked weird. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. The color is a little bit off, too. Yeah. It looks kind of brownish in the screenshot I'm looking at, or in the shot that I'm looking at. The character um, of Jason looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I just hope that they make it earnable in game. Like I hope that they don't just force us into a deal, uh, into a microtransaction situation. Like I think they know from Battlefront Two that if they do force people into that, that people will revolt and this game won't sell. Yeah, and so hopefully... take a page out of Spider-Man PS4. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, here we go. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's talk about the Batman. Let's talk about Matt Reeves. Let's talk about Matt Reeves talking to Aisha Tyler about his movie, The Batman. Can I just say how much I love that the entire panel was just Matt Reeves basically talking Aisha's ear off. Yes. About just how much he loves this world. Yeah. Like, just how, like all, all the passion he's poured into creating his own version of Gotham City. And that dude loves it. Like, I, I, I had my doubts initially. I will admit I had my doubts. But, like, he's a good director. We all know this. He's a good director director and i think that knowing that he he is so passionate about it and so passionate about the character and is taking kind of a unique look at it like he's like okay this this is going to be a detective story i also think he's been watching the movie seven quite a bit lately 
I'm sure he has. <laughs> because, oh boy, oh I felt boy, like I was the, watching the Seven. Yeah. yeah. Seven with spandex. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the title underneath Batman Seven with spandex. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, like, it just, it, it also warmed my heart that he didn't pull out the usual suspects of Batman influences. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, almost everybody that's made a Batman movie, they're like, well, I was inspired by Killing Joke. I was inspired by The Dark Knight Returns, Year One, even The Long Halloween. Sometimes I hear Hush, maybe. I don't know, but those are usually like the usual suspects of Batman influences. And it warmed my heart to hear him mention Darwin Cook Mm -hmm. and Batman Ego, which... I read to Crystal earlier today. Holy shit. That was the thing that sold her on Batman. Because, you know what? I'll let you explain this. <laughs> well, like, for me, the the DC universe was kind of ruined by, unintentionally by my mom. Because she's gaga for Superman. She goes nuts about it, and she like disowns anything that's that puts uh, Superman in in a negative light. So she constantly raves on about all this stuff in the DC universe, and like she kind of t- t- takes it too far. Like she 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 goes nuts with it, and it kind of ru- left a sour taste in my mouth for for most of my life. Mm-hmm. And it, it just w- with with what Josh showed me, what was it? Uh, Batman Ego by Darwin Cook. Yeah, Ego. It gave those characters life for me, especially Batman. Because I've always seen Batman as like, you know, all smart and perfect and brooding. Not really, he didn't really have any emotional beats for me until that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It made him feel like he was genuinely just as bad as the people that he fights. And it, it, it was very, with that story also, with Batman ego, it really calls into question why Batman doesn't just snap. Yeah. And like you mentioned before, Kiona, that like Bruce Wayne is the mask and Batman's like the character. This one kind of showed... Darwin more or less kind of doing the reverse where it's Batman that really is the mask and Bruce Wayne's the person and he risks the he runs the gambit of just losing himself yeah and it is horrifying seeing what the Batman persona inside of him would be willing to do where the Batman persona is just like yeah let's kill these people you know Mm -hmm. you know this is logically where it's going to go to and Bruce is like I'm not a killer you know that you know where this leads and the batman or fear as it's called in that story says i know that you're pretty much scared just because you saw your parents get killed mm-hmm. but you know it's going to get violent at some point it's going to get really bad and the fact that that is what this take of batman is inspired by is really exciting to me maybe maybe that's his arc Throughout this film, could be. Could be. I, I, I could see that. 
especially mm-hmm. based on the the scene that everyone is pretty much memed to death <laughs> uh, of Batman punching punching the goon like to death. Holy oh. crap, dude! I was like, when I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm not sure about Pattinson as Batman. Okay. <sighs> Now, uh, not that I thought he was going to be like Edward in Twilight or anything, because I'm yeah. like, no, he's he obviously has gone past that. But I mean, just 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 thinking about it, I was just kind of like, I'm a little bit weirded out. Like, okay, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to pull it off. And then that scene happens, and I'm just like, he pulled it off. Yep, I'm in. <laughs> you know, well, and let's keep and let's keep in mind this is only. This trailer only represents 25%, 25%. of the movie that was filmed. That's so crazy. It, it if, this is how, if this is how good 25% looks, imagine what the rest of it will. Oh okay, you guys, you guys remember my reservations about the Batmobile? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how I was like, I don't really like the look of it and everything like that. Okay, now, now I can see how they're doing it. So, yeah. yeah. Looking at uh, it now, I'm just like, okay, I get it. It's pure a well, def- uh, go ahead. I was gonna say just on on Pattinson just beating the shit out of that goon. I love that that's become the meme of the week <laughs> yes. on the internet. Especially people pointed out that that one goon that calls him out like the hell are you supposed to be? He happens to look like a certain internet critic named Pug Walker. Oh, okay. And, they, I've seen people really of that scene where it's him going, a bat credit card, and then Patterson just beats him, matching his screams. That is so good. And, and the best awesome. one that I saw was, the hell are you supposed to be? And then it cuts, to, it fades to black, and then you just see, you just hear, stop, stop, and then it shows the Simpsons. <laughs> Yes. He's already dead. <laughs> that, I'm sorry, bro. That was awesome, man. That was like, ah, oh. that moment just just for me just cemented the fact that this movie is gonna be good. Like, yeah, we get to see a Batman fight people. Yeah, that is one thing I liked about. Like say whatever you want about BVS, you the actually scene, got to see him have a fight scene. The Arkham and, Warehouse fight scene. <laughs> yes, and it's like Chris. I will not, but whatever Christopher Nolan's films. But man, he never oh, fought the, anybody. He no. never fought anybody ever. He had the detective stuff down. I'll give it that. And then in the other ones, he had the gadgets and all that around. I want to see Batman be Batman not kill anyone, make them wish he did, break their bones, leave them in a pile, get the information, and walk away. I want to see that. And we saw it. it my favorite part was whoever's played the Arkham games, he had the blue like lightning bolts on the top of his head. When the guy came up, mm-hmm. he countered it and just beat the snot out of him. Like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> and he does it. And the, and the part that made it good, and you could tell, like, he, they said it's a year two story, so he's technically yeah. been around a little bit, but it's still yeah. going. Like, where Gordon is kind of in there the fact that he decks him a good six times the guy drops then he decks him another three couple times you can tell where he's like nope i don't fully have it yet i might kill a guy but i'm not fully away from saying i won't there's going to be development it looks good and also i really like his batman voice 
Yes. It's it's simple. It's, it's not enhanced. Nope. No. It's not enhanced. And that's it sounds like really what like Bale was rid. going for without it, the smoker's cough. Right. It, yeah. It, 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 it reminded <laughs> me of um, 12 packs a day. Yep. It, re- it reminded me of Bale's performance in Batman Begins where yes. mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he, he struck the right balance between um, you know giving giving Batman a distinct voice without going overboard. Yeah, I always liked the uh, you know that scene that he has with with Gordon where he pretends to like to hold a gun to his head or something, but he's actually yeah. holding the grapple. And then he goes, and Gordon's like, "But you're just one man," and he's like, "Now we're two. Yeah, like that to me is a Batman voice. Like seriously, just keep it simple. Don't don't enhance it. Exactly. Speaking like speaking of Gordon, how great does Jeffrey Wright look with the mustache, yeah. And yeah. hair, and everything? Yeah. He looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. So would have made a good Lucius Fox too. He would have. He would have. It, it it's yeah. weird because I showed it to my father in law and he was complaining that Jim Gordon was black and I'm like, come on, when when the actor looks so perfect for it. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna do good. It's Jeffrey I, Wright, man. It's one of these things I always tell people. My buddy Morgan claims to be a giant Flash fan, <laughs> and he was super mad that Wally West on The Flash was black. I'm like, A, they changed it in the comics, but whatever. Sure did. Wally West, no, and he's like, well, Wally West just got orange hair. He's known for having orange hair. I'm like, okay, everyone that makes those complaints, stop. There is not a single motherfucker on this planet that opens up a Wally West comic book and goes, oh, I can't wait to see him have orange hair in that panel. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> No one goes, oh, I can't wait to see Jim Gordon be white in that panel. He's got the mustache. That's what he's known for, and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. People, let the role be the role. If they nail the character, then it's fine. That's right. <sighs> I need <sighs> to see more Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Yeah. Same. Yes. That looks straight out yes. of, like, Batman Year One, that fight scene that she has with, with Batman. Yes. 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 And and then Paul Dano is the Riddler. Oh my God! I've waited for interesting. this for Very years. Interesting. I love that creepy voice that he has. Yeah. If you are justice, please do not lie. lie. Yeah. What is the price for your blind eye? Oh, I'm like, oh my God! Paul Dano gets it. It He's reminds me of the Arkhamverse, uh, Arkhamverse Riddler a little bit. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. very much, very much. Yeah. It does. And also, what was the actor's name again that I couldn't think of? <laughs> that, Richard um, Kind. Richard Kind. <laughs> so, wow, did they do some prosthetic work on Colin Farrell if that was Colin Farrell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we know that Farrell's playing um, Penguin, but honestly, yeah. for, for, a good, for a good 12 hours, I was genuinely confused whether or not in the trailer that was actually Colin Farrell. Yeah, me too. I don't know. I don't see him at all in that. I I I tried like staring into his eyes, like like <laughs> like. I know that sounds weird. It's okay. I would stare into Colin Farrell's eyes too. He's I famous. mean, did you ever see Alexander, whatever he was in? Oh, uh, duh, duh, uh, uh, what was it oh, called? It was just called Alexander. Yeah. Was it? Was it? Is it Alexander? Is it? Yeah. Was that Troy? Okay. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Oh uh, man. But, yeah, was... but anyway. I, I was trying, I was comparing um, a picture of his look in, in the Batman 
to like just a regular picture of Colin Farrell trying to pick out the similarities and like if you focus hard enough you will find you mm. will find them but at first glance it's not easy i'm so glad that they're going with like mobster penguin yeah. like, are we gonna get yeah. the iceberg lounge in this i hope I, so don't, don't give me that hope man because <laughs> if i get disappointed and we don't get to see that oh I'll tell I you what, somebody somebody like gave me hope to like this is off topic, but gave me hope when when they showed that picture of Lockheed on Ileana's shoulder in New Mutants. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, please tell me this is real and not just a mock-up because it's got somebody like somebody tagged themselves in it. And I'm just like, is this a mock-up? Please don't make it a mock-up. Please make it real. I'll I'll say I'm so excited to see more of the mob and see it as a straight up noir Batman movie. This yeah. is this is my dream Batman movie that I would kill to make. And the fact that we still haven't seen John Turturro as Carmine Falcone. That's right. Um, yep. He's, he's a, he's an actor that, um, that I'm, I'm always kind of happy to see showing up. Whether, whether it's like the dumb Transformers movies or a Coen brothers flick. Yeah. I'm always happy to see John Turturro on screen. And is, is, is it apparently like, is Matt Reeves still planning on making a trilogy? I hope so. I hope well, the little, the little bit I saw, I hope so. There, there's that, and then there's his Gotham PD series on HBO Max, which, yeah, which we we learn now is a prequel to the Batman. Oh, okay. Oh, it's please, basically please. like covering his year one, almost. And you know what? A year one series. Even if it's a mini series, that's that's perfect. And please base it off Gotham Central. Yes, please. please. Yep. Please. Yep. Seriously, guys, like like everybody is like the all the the non comic book fans, the non comics reading public is it's like no, this sounds too much like Gotham. I'm like not if you read Gotham Central, it don't. I mean, no, seriously. it's what Gotham should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. No Gordon, nothing like that. Just focus on Montoya, Bullock, everybody there. In, in, a, in a twist of fate of being disappointed but also enjoying what I got also, like almost in a different level of the Batman Beyond short, I was really looking forward to the trailer just because, well, for one thing, I wanted to see what the movie was going to look like. Yeah. But the other thing, I wanted to hear Michael Giacchino's music if he was going to yeah. do it. And I was slightly disappointed but then I we actually got we actually got to hear it when the when the Batman panel started. They, yeah. like, they played a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, in the trailer, I was like, "Oh man, what's this?" And then I found out later, "Oh, that's Nirvana." Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. I really hope that Giacchino gives him a theme. Like, I'm so tired of superheroes not having themes. Yes. Yeah, I, I want I there agree. to be a theme, a strong theme for this movie. Um. Yeah. I, I I trust Giacchino enough that he he'll he he will provide a the, a good a really good theme for Batman. Yeah, he knows what he's walking into, and he knows he'll deliver. I mean, I'll say this: his music's the best part of his Spider-Man movies, in my opinion. Yeah. And he's got amazing themes for Spider-Man. He's got a pretty stellar psychedelic rock theme for Doctor Strange. I'm I I, I love his <laughs> Doctor does. Strange theme. Yeah, I, yeah, I am. I, I am like that. He's gonna be dark and jazzy and noir for 
for Please. the Batman if that if that music that he has in the camera test is anything to go off of. Yeah, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure that is like he he might have confirmed that that is his theme, and that like when when they when they go to score the thing, he'll just like expand on that. But but yeah, that's does. that that is the theme from as far as I as far as I can tell. I hope he does because I swear to God, as it stands right now, I love how it sounds, but it took me a long time to to get past it because that theme reminds me too much of Prince Ali. <laughs> See, okay. Now you're thinking about it. I, 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 I can't unthink it now. Who who's who's the Alfred in this movie? Andy Circus. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, they're, 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 they're they're kind of going off a uh, um when 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 Andy Serkis was first cast the first thing that I thought of was Earth the Earth One Alfred mm-hmm. who was like a little bit more hardened the X the X uh not uh what's the uh S A S or M I six thank you thank you yeah yeah I could see that like the Chuck Dixon Alfred who's like super like Chuck Dixon and Doug Bench who were, you know, they created that Alfred who's like, he's like standing at the cave entrance with like a shotgun ready to blow people's heads off. Like seriously, like that's the Alfred that I want from this. Michael Caine gave us a little bit of it because he was talking about his time in Africa and all that. Like that was interesting. But like, that was one good part about Gotham. You did get that Alfred in Gotham a You did bit. get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. a great Alfred. I will yeah. say that. He was great. Um, Birds of Prey, that old TV show, had oh, a man. fairly decent Alfred. Like he was the the kind of Michael Goff Alfred, Michael Goff Alfred. Yeah. But that was a good Alfred. I, I I don't have epics, but I've heard that the Pennyworth show is actually pretty uh, solid. Yeah, it's a, it's a younger cool. a younger Alfred that like during his MI6 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that just that just sounds fascinating to me. I I he, love. I love when like Batman writers get to flesh out Alfred's backstory. And the thing that I love about Alfred too, is that like, he's a trained actor. Like that was one of the things in the comics too, like pre new 52, he was a trained actor who could actually stand in for Batman if Bruce needed to appear. And then the, you would see Alfred in the bat costume and he just wouldn't let anybody come too close to see him. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Like, is there, like, see that, the cool thing about this DC fandom event, fandom event, is that like it it allows us to talk about like the DC characters that that nobody really knows about, and like you know Marvel's been really successful at that. Marvel's been like you know who who knew about Groot and Rocket Raccoon and and like and Nebula and you know and who knew about Doctor Strange for God's sake? It's just crazy to me that like we have the Winter Soldier, we have. You know, the Falcon even. Like, nobody knew these yeah. characters. Now yeah. everybody does. Yeah. So it's it was, like... Yeah. DC finally gets to shoot their shot. Yeah. And it's it's a good thing. You know, it's not a bad thing. Like, everybody who's like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm only DC or I'm only Marvel. It's like, you're missing out, dude, because both sides, both companies have some amazing characters and some amazing storylines that they could mine for these movies. So it's something to look forward to. You know the one thing I want, but we're never gonna get it. I I would bet my soul that we'll never get it if we somehow ever got amalgam. 
<laughs> Amalgam. <laughs> like Doctor Strange Faith, Super Soldier, um, Super Soldier, I think it was called, Dark Claw, all that. That Dark is the Claw, one thing that will never happen. Yeah, that is one thing that will never happen. And I can't think of what his villain was, but it was Joker in Sabretooth. What was he called? Hyena, oh. I think. Oh, God. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, oh, it was... God. It was it was something else. We will but, never ever get that. That'll yep. never happen again. And that's the only thing that could never happen. That's like that's like the just imagine Stan Lee versions of these characters coming up yes. and, and getting movies. Like it's not gonna happen. Man. I didn't know that was a thing until I saw his panel in Ma at Madison um, Comic Con like two or three years ago. I was like, he did a what? And then I looked it all up. I'm like, huh? <laughs> you know, I would actually be down with like the Stan Lee version of, of the characters being animated shows. Yeah, that I, I, was, yeah I was thinking that, that cool. too. Um, like having like having like an animated film for each of the uh, the Stan Lee versions. Hey, speaking of animation, did you guys see the uh, the Harley Quinn thing? Yes, I missed it. That was one of my favorite things. It was so fast and it was so brutal, like Harley Quinn. Man, <laughs> that was like that's the best thing. I, I I think, like seriously, apart from all the other best things in this in this fandom event, that was one of the best. Um, before before we wrap up this podcast, I'd be remiss if I didn't if I didn't mention that this uh, DC fandom has actually been split up into two different days. True. Today was the or yesterday, August twenty second was basically like the marquee stuff, like the movies. And um, mm -hmm. like they they had a flat a panel for the Flash TV show in Titans. They did, yeah. Um, but on September twelfth, they've they've taken the rest of what was originally pitched as like different islands, and they've given them like all their own day on September twelfth. And un unlike unlike today, mm. like everything will still be available for twenty four hours, but. On September twelfth, you get you get more more videos, uh, more video options, and they're all on demand. So you oh. can like, create you can like create your own your own playlist and what and watch any of these that you want for for twenty four hours. Are they going to give us more stuff about the movies, or is it just going to be mostly like other things like comics and games and whatnot? Um, TV, so like some 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 of the stuff is like in like insider panels um like there's the insider verse which get which gives you like kind of behind the scenes things okay and they and they have like um they have videos of like fan questions that they didn't have time for in this one like they'll oh. like they have like fan questions for for wonder woman and the suicide squad and all and all of those Plus a longer uncensored version of of Ask Harley Quinn. Yes. Oh boy. Please. Oh boy. Give me that. Make it downloadable. Oh oh no. <laughs> then my favorite one was her answer to that guy who's like, who's like, who's like Harley. What can I do to get a girlfriend? <laughs> oh, God. She's just like, well, I don't know about I, I I don't know if I can help you there, but uh masturbation's fun. I wanna say that was the best. Uh, that just oh my god, I was cackling. I wanna say on on one other level before we wrap up. Mm. 
I was scared about one thing throughout this whole DC fandom thing that they would do something with my favorite character of all time that they would announce it and my shot would be missed but thankfully nothing's been said yet as far as I know and that movie they have in development still hasn't gone past the script phase as far as I know yet Walter Hamada Jim Lee (laughs) WB AT&T HBO Max if you want anything I am your blue beetle expert here oh hell yeah i've got a script yeah yes reyes cord and an intro flashback with garrett hey oh boy oh boy very nice with a cameo from booster gold i'm telling you guys i am here for you please please let me in i will help you guys out we will we will do magic together you know who I'd want to be Booster Gold? Who? Chris who? Pratt. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, I can I can see it. You, you know who I originally saw? I can see that. You know who I originally saw? Like, in my head, as I was writing my spec script, I haven't distributed I haven't distributed it, as far as people know. So, it's still legal. It's just, it's just stuff I'm doing for fun. I imagined... Alan Tudyk as oh, I was going to say Alan. Tudyk. All right, I, as, I, that, I'm very okay with that. As Ted Cord, <laughs> as Ted Cord, uh-huh. and I originally wanted Nathan Fillion, Nathan Fillion as Booster Gold, as Booster Gold, perfect. But then James Gunn just had to snatch him up to play TDK, aka the dismemberment kid or something, the disassembling kid. Well, remember, it's all the it's all in the it's a multiverse now. A multiverse, you can still that's have right. Him. You can still have him. But now I don't want to steal James Gunn's thunder. <laughs> steal it. Do it. I'm coming for your ass. But James he's cool Gunn. with you on Twitter now, so. Yeah. Yeah. Your beef got squashed. Don't start it again or be beef friends with him. He'll be like, I'll, I'll let you have him. Beef's got squashed, James. Get me into Walter Hamada's office. <laughs> Man. But, yeah. We, we so need to, like, pitch in and just and hire you an agent. Oh my god, please. Yes, because this, That's what this need movie to needs to become a reality. Yeah, we need to do that. And in Kiona, I think I, I sent it to you as for criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah, for, distribu- yeah. Not for oh. dis- distribution. It's with me. It stayed with me. It hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you, Brock. For criticism. Dude, man. I will, you- I will lead it immediately, man. I, I need to like... I need to read up on on Jaime Reyes and like and really just immerse myself in that story because I have the first few issues that Keith Giffen did. I think it was Keith Giffen, and yeah. um, yeah, and like that was really good stuff. So like, yeah, I'll, Jaime Reyes is awesome. I'll tell you right now, the version of the story that I'm doing is mostly inspired and lifted from Keith Giffen's run, mm-hmm. and. Little bits of it are are combined from Rebirth, where Ted Cord is alive and he's training Jaime. But I cut I out it. a lot of the banter between them because I loved them. But man, they they went on and on with the banter. Where it's like, okay, please ease up on the snark. Yeah, you can ease up a bit and still have it be funny and still have it be engaging. So, yeah, that was all I wanted to say, Walter Hamada. It, it doesn't have to be Lorelai and Rory. Walter Hamada, I'm here for you. Okay. <laughs> Not only that, but please, 
little pastel on the map, and not for its hyper exaggerated crime levels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Man, we got to do us a comics podcast because that's what I'm getting from this. Yeah. I'm getting like we need to do a comic book podcast just focused entirely on comics. If, like, for no other reason, it'll get it'll get me back into reading. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is, I mean, me as well because I've dropped dead off the map for a long time. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I have loads that I have to catch up on. Like seriously, I have way too many comics in the backlog that I have to read. Same. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, you know, hopefully there's a place sometime in the future for lesser known characters like Stephanie Brown, like Cassandra Kane, like Jaime Reyes. Um, you know, because like we need to we need to have those characters around because not only is it good for representation in a lot of cases, it's also it's good just good for, for like, variety. Just variety of characters and just characters that bring a different perspective. Like Cassandra Cain got done dirty in you know prior to the new fifty two. Mm-hmm. And then she wasn't around for a long time until convergence. So, so, so it's like, Steph. And so did Steph, my God. I can't tell you how angry I was about that that yeah. whole situation. But it's, like yeah, I mean you know, that being said, we do, I, I feel like comics are such an interesting medium. And I feel like like with Young Justice kind of shutting down, it's like you're losing a bit of that youthful flavor to the DCU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with Harley Quinn getting shut down until they, you know, revamp her character or until Suicide Squad comes out, whatever it is. Like, that is a mystery to me. Like, I know they're pushing this punchline character a lot. <laughs> I don't like her from what I've read. I don't read. care. I, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. Me neither. It's like, what? The, the things that are going on in the Batman books right now, I'm just not too... Maybe, Tomasi, I'm sure, is doing okay. But like the James Tinian stuff, I, I love James Tinian. Don't get me wrong. Like He wrote that the, the Detective Comics stuff with Spoiler and with you know, Orphan slash Cassandra. Yep. Yep. And that was good stuff. Yep. But like you know, his Gotham Knight story was great. But this current run that they have the Joker War thing, I'm just not feeling it so far. We'll we'll see where it goes. But um, anyway, to to put a, a finer point on it, DC fandom that was a success. I think a rousing success, and I and it has me excited for so many things. And I'm so happy to see this universe of characters get get their due. I'm so happy to see like, you know, we're gonna see lesser known people just finally get their time in the sun through video games, through TV shows, through movies, through the multiverse, which is incredible to me. Michael Keaton coming back, Ben Affleck coming back, Henry Cavill, hopefully, mm-hmm. hopes and prayers coming back. DC uh, is back. Come pet the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. And check the timer. How long and did it we're take? Done. <laughs> and we're done. Where can people find you, Mike? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CaptainK42. Read all my quick thoughts on letterbox.com slash CoachK42. And find me in all the various Facebook groups just at my name. Awesome. Brock? You can find me at everything that involves the name Organoid Zero. I'm trying my best to make affiliate on Twitch. And I swear by my firstborn child's name that we will be getting the freaking show that me and Mike have been trying to get off the ground once September hits. And we'll be doing retro views again because no mo- new movies are coming out. But yeah, everything at Organoid Zero, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, everything. 
Everybody go spend five bucks at Organoid Zero on, t- on Twitch and just give them a sub. Give them a sub. Everybody go spend five bucks. That's all it takes. All right. And Josh. Um, you can find me at Twitter at JSH Lozano, and you can find me on Facebook at Joshua Lozano, and you can find me in the Renegade Pop Culture Group. Check out the website. I have a review of Ghost of Tsushima that I'm pretty proud of, and go to my YouTube account at Joshboy64 to check out my recent One Excellent Scene video on Logan. I'm taking a small hiatus from YouTube just until they sort stuff out on my end, and it's probably my most personal thing. The next video I have in mind is going to be a video essay on Robin Williams. And after that, it's going to be a really, really intense and personal video. All right. Crystal? Uh, Me, you can just find me on Twitter under uh, simply underscore ragu816. And you can also find me on TikTok, but probably not for very much longer. (laughs) 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 Under the same handle. And you can also find me on Facebook under my name, Crystal Gillum, uh, and also on the Renegade Pop Culture Facebook group. And that's it. All right, guys. And you can find us at www.renegadepopculture.com. Uh, we have anchor.fm slash renegadepopculture. And we also have, um, we have Spotify is up now. It's, it's going strong. We have our Twitter account, which is at renpopculture. You guys can find us there. The Twitter account is blowing up finally, so thank God for that nice. because I've I've been working really hard to get that thing noticed. So we had awesome. Aisha Tyler like one of our tweets. We had the dude from Warner Media, the CEO, liked one of our tweets during this fandom event. Nice. Tiffany Smith liked us and commented, and like, yeah, I mean, it's just it's been going pretty strong, man. Like Greg Sipes, Beast Boy, followed us. That's pretty awesome. <gasps> no way. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm like, I'm so excited about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, things are things are coming along for us, man. It's it's going it's going well. You can also find us at the Facebook group. That's facebook.com/group/rpc42, and uh, you can find me on Instagram at neoplasmic24. And uh, that's about it, guys. So coming up next for us, we have. Of course, we have Tuned Up coming up next Sunday. We have the, uh, the X-Men show after that. So we're going to do an X-Men ret- retrospective. Um, hopefully get to talk about New Mutants. Hopefully for those of us that can go see the movie. Brock. You're, yes. Yep. I got guns. it. I, re- I, I literally got on the phone with my theater, <laughs> my local theater owner I'm good friends with. And he said, mm-hmm. it's, it's all set and he's looking forward to it. So I will be seeing it Friday awesome. at 4.15. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right. Yes. So yeah, I'm going to try and go see it too. Um, yeah, and so that is it, guys. This has been a great show. I think it's so much fun to talk comics and to talk about DC. So, all right, we will see you guys next time. Peace. Bye. Peace. Later.